0: Nice. I'm in with Frankie back in the
1: yeah Uh, everything's good i heard no 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 i i let him back in i remember now okay yeah yeah he was even in here when you came in
2: Hello, and welcome to the For We Are Many podcast. I'm your host and comrade, Rob. And uh, this is our current event stream for May 17th, 2021. Hello.
1: My name is Don. I'm the voice you're hearing right now. Um, Emily is just stopping by to say hi. Hi. Hello.
3: (laughs) Hi, Emily. (laughs) And anybody else who's watching, hi, I'm Trisha. Also known as the Zen motherfucker. My pronouns are she, her, and fucking
2: comrade. (laughs) Comrade is my favorite gender neutral pronoun.
3: Same, same. I love it. And today we have a fellow comrade here as a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself?
4: Uh, thank you. Yes. Uh, my name is Talvin Taylor. I do uh, leftist news on Slack network. Uh, I also do two podcasts. Basically, I'm both on anchor.fm slash so socialist talking. And I'm a socialist uh, by policy, not by party.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> um, well, we're going to be talking about a little bit of everything like we usually do on the current event stream, but. Um, uh, big part of, there's two big parts to today, I guess. We're going to be talking about modern monetary theory, um, which I don't know about you, but I don't know a hell of a lot about it, so I'm pretty interested to learn more, um, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. and we'll also be talking a lot about the conflict in Israel and Palestine, um, solidarity with our Palestinian comrades.
4: Well, uh, as far as mon- monetary theory goes, um, I'm I'm still very new at it myself, uh, but I tend to learn on the job. So that's why I decided to uh, do a talking MMT, which I uh, I read from books, liter- literature by authors from uh, MMT years, uh, like uh, Stephanie Kelton, I'm currently doing. Uh, basically, MMT is a lens you can uh, Basically, it's a new way of learning what the current economic um, standards are, and ways to know what the deficit uh, is and what debt isn't.
2: Sorry, I was saying hi to Natalie in the comments.
4: No worries. And, yeah this is one of my uh, first interviews uh, in regards to MMT. it's uh, I'm really interviewing people that are uh, running for office uh, of some kind or you know, trying to get more NFTs on my on my program myself but anyway
2: Fair enough. All right so uh, sorry, just dialing in my levels here. I have my headphones too quiet. Usually I do this shit before we go live, but I'm a little I'm a little discombobulated today.
0: <laughs>
2: I did I did get a lot of work done in my garden today, so it's it's worth it. <laughs> All right. So like like I was telling you earlier, pretty much like what I know about MMT is that the premise of debt is essentially a falsehood because we already print money and give it to the rich right like for example during the first covid bailout uh there was six trillion dollars in quantitative easing pushed into uh the stock market essentially pushed to the one percent um before we had any aid at all yeah um and if we can just print money to push it into the stock market, then we can just print money and pay off the debt or print money and pay for social programs. I think that should be the first priority personally. But.
4: Right. And actually, uh, to a certain degree, that's what, uh, the, um, upcoming spending package is about that I guess will be going into effect uh, fact July 15th, I think it was, um, like, uh, uh, parents will begin like, like up to like, I think it's three three hundred extra a month in, uh, uh, child care and, and money to take care of kids and all this uh, other stuff. You have to look it up more as far as, as the goes. but um, basically what it is, is trying to explain the fact that the debt is not actually, that is basically just money that has not been taxed out of the economy. And that's exactly what that is from the very beginning. That's what, that's what that deficit clock is in New York. Or, I mean, that clock is in New York. Right. Um, I I follow people like Mike Norman, who, uh, who's MTR, who's actually, who's a Republican. So that's what, that's one of the things that kind of makes NMT kind of like right down the middle and kind of, it kind of ma- makes you see how it's not a political thing, uh, uh necessarily party-wise, but a political thing in regards to policy making. Right, right. And, and so basically, if uh, the only, the one thing that is keeping our inflationary portion, that's basically, uh, money, uh, that we spent on, on social services. The only way inflation comes into play is if you don't have those uh, uh pr- pr- product products uh made or being produced. That's the only way inflation goes up. Right now, uh, it seems like they're they're keeping inflation down uh to uh, buying back of treasuries. Uh that that pr- that price sets in regards to like uh mortgages and uh work fees other things of that nature. But since this uh economy has been so based on markets and not and not necessarily consumer. Uh, production uh, things are kind of out of whack but it you know back in place and I'm thinking about maybe a year or so.
2: Yeah and, and I, I definitely see how it could be huge in policy making and, and I mean ultimately we should separate uh, economics from politics. Um, in the US obviously they go hand in hand um, but we can change that. Um, I, I, are there any, like, really good examples of European countries that have used modern monetary theory to uh, pay off debt or fund programs?
4: Uh, other, uh, Another thing that keeps um, uh, monetary theory, uh, modern monetary theory, a uh, uh, thing that basically a fully exchange rate. Uh, like, say, somewhere like Venezuela, a lot of right-wingers like bring up Venezuela. They decided to uh, take um, debt outside the currency, and that, and that, uh, that devalued their currency to the point where they couldn't uh, trade or spend inside within their own currency. That, that's what we don't do. We, we don't, uh, we don't borrow in foreign currency. If we do uh, borrow at all, uh, we we borrow from the deficit that we've already spent. Like for instance, uh, there's a, a small percentage of the current deficit. That is the on interest rate overnight. That's what that is basically in regards to the interest
0: rates.
4: I'm not even sorry, you my rate said it right.
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, Tricia, do you have any questions or comments or criticisms or concerns?
3: Sorry, I was muted. Um not that i can think of it at the moment but you're definitely getting some thoughts stirring i'm i'm new to this the very little that i know about mmt is because of the you know discussions and things that you've posted on our page shared in our groups and stuff so i'm a newbie for this um you know um we definitely need to change how we are handling finances. It's incredibly fucked that, you know, like you were saying earlier, Rob, we can print trillions to feed it to Wall Street only to watch it just fucking hiccup and crash again. But we can't print trillions to help the actual people who would, you know, be spending that for shit that we need.
2: To put we- this in context in one day or no one week, sorry, we pumped $6 trillion to Wall Street before you or I saw even talk of a stimulus check. Right. Okay. But. The entire budget, the entire federal budget under the Green Party's Green New Deal budget, is 4.2 trillion dollars a year. <laughs> Just to put this in perspective.
4: Yeah, and actually, one of the, one of the, uh, the uh, critics of this was Larry Summers. Larry Summers.
2: I've heard that name, but I can't tell you why.
4: He was the uh, he was the um, economic advisor to both Clinton and uh, and Obama. That would
3: that would be why.
4: And do you guys remember the '90s? Well, I
2: mean, I was born
3: Here's in wow. 1990,
2: oh, yeah, so 90s. I hope so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I was born in '82. I remember
2: it well. <laughs> okay, well, I, I remember about '95 after pretty well.
0: Yeah,
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, those, those were my those are the years where I was forming ideas and forming brain cells, really, um, as far as schooling all that stuff. I remember we were running a deficit at that time. Everybody had money. Everybody had a means of purchasing. You know, our purchasing power was more.
3: Yeah.
4: Whereas, and when they when they paid off the debt, the government had the money, but they weren't giving it to uh, to uh, to food stamps or anything of that nature. And that was back when food stamps were still like dollars. They want the, they want the, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Like physical, food physical stands.
3: stands.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, tens, twenties. You know, that, that, sometimes hundred. Uh, but the whole point, the major point of MMT is to find a way to have a balanced deficit. If we can have a balanced deficit where the inflation runs no more than say three percent, because they're 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 uh, trying to run it past two percent, because they have ran it past two percent for a while. And because standard, and because the cost of living has gone up since then a lot, uh, they're trying to figure out how to make um, job get, like uh, full full employment, and, and and price balancing. That's where the interest rate comes in. That helps balance out pr- uh, prices of goods and services. Okay. They just haven't made it to that point point yet. And the reason why I mentioned Larry uh, uh, Summers was because he convinced, uh, Obama not to do more of a stimulus package. Like in fact, nowadays I just saw him say that he wanted, he was
5: always
4: in for a bigger stimulus package. That's all bullshit. Oh, sorry. BS. Uh-
2: <laughs> oh, you don't oh, got, you got do to apologize.
4: Steelers here. <laughs> <laughs> I did say I would have some choice words. Uh, anyway, um, but Obama took him on his work for that and yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about, about the 90s was uh, after the, uh, the penny stocks went out, went out, SPACs came in. You know what SPACs are? SPACs basically are a common uh, a investment tool for, for corporations uh, to get together and buy uh, companies, not to take control of them, but to uh, get some revenue out of them. So they don't want any actual control over it. They just want to take some revenue out of it, like uh, like their own version of interest rates. Uh, uh, Summers owns a stock along with other uh, investors, like people from Goldman Sachs and uh, Goldman Sachs, me, and other places like that. I just thought that was kind of interesting. okay, the one person who was saying no to stimulus is himself benefiting from stimulus. Uh, and uh, my opinion in regards to uh, the $50 minimum wage uh, the corporations uh, that are voluntarily uh, hiring people for that amount are only temporarily having that, that amount. As soon as the economy gets back and gets back to, to balancing out, they're going to destroy that minimum wage. I think McDonald's one of them. Uh Costco, I think, is one of
2: them and well, Mac- McDonald's though, it's important to note that they're only doing it for their corporate locations and ninety-five percent of their locations are franchises.
4: Exactly, exactly. So they're taking advantage of the timing, they're taking advantage of the fact that all uh except for a few are franchisees which can't afford that anyway. Unless well. they somehow come up to kind of incentive for that. But
3: I, I beg to differ. They can afford it. They choose not to afford it because they would rather have their higher ups, like you know their CEO, taking home over eight thousand dollars a fucking hour, instead of paying the people doing the actual work a living fucking wage. There is uh, a gross imbalance yeah. there. They cannot. I mean, afford I kind of feel, feel like
2: the franchise model is to to place the blame on small business owners. Yeah, you know, probably a right? Right so i i mean i don't know there's there's a lot of things that need to happen and frankly i don't think 15 dollars is enough that being said i still completely support the fight for 15 but it should be more like 25.
3: it really should we started the call for 15 over a decade ago the fight for 15 15 was was happening during
2: occupy
3: right and it it would have (laughs) barely been enough then to survive at that cost of living. It's gone up even higher now. We really should be at like $25 an hour minimum wage.
4: We were like 35 bucks an hour with inflation.
2: Right. Well, yeah, between, well, it would be like 35 if, it kept, if worker wage growth kept up with CEO wage growth.
4: Well, yeah, and uh, Kroger CEO decided to, after they slashed um, the hazard fund for the employees,
2: i i try my damnedest not okay so out here we have fries it's owned by kroger but it's not you know it's not kroger i it's right it's the closest store and they usually have the best prices and i don't even go there anymore pretty much yeah
4: well i mean there is one store that i do kind of admire and that's trader Joe's, who actually owns aldi down here in uh, in columbus Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, they
4: Didn't even wait until like there's a law. They automatically bumped up their 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 wages. But I don't know if they have that many good benefits regards to the job, but at least they weren't pressured into uh putting it up and they haven't taken it down as far as I know of. Right. Right. I'm uh
2: I've been shopping at uh Winco. It's an employee owned like regional chain. Yeah. Um and I would hope—I I haven't really dug into it—but I would hope, being employee-owned, that the employees make decent money.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't know about that, but I—I I, I don't know if I've actually shopped at a like um, a place of that nature. But I—I I, I have a, heard of them, though. But I don't—yeah, I, I can't remember if I—if I shopped there.
2: Anyway, <laughs> Think, fair enough. I'm sorry if I uh, cut you off, though. You can. Oh no, it's
4: all good. <laughs> I, I do the same thing sometimes with guests, not, not on purpose, obviously, like, like you. But <laughs> right, I
2: just get excited and you're
4: like, hey. Yeah, exactly, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, but yeah, M- MMT is basically just a starting point of how to help people understand how the economy is supposed to work and not how it works now. That's why you have every dumbass who's ever been you know, a part of the corporate establishment come out against it. Uh, all only person even said anything remotely nice about it was um, Warren Buffett, I think. And he got, the, he, he got confused uh, somehow. So he's the one person that's come out and said that the fiscal policies and the Fed have actually done an, a, a good job with regards to his recovery. Like, yeah, because normal people who have to go out and shop and not uh, save, that might like him and other billionaires, made the economy better now because they've actually had the purchasing power to do so. regards to the future who knows because the one thing that that that, uh has said as i said earlier that he wants to get the um uh lower uh, lower income uh uh, communities back up to where they need to be and not where they are now so he wants to get uh this is according to what he says anyway uh he wants to get uh low-income communities like Full-time work, same thing with everybody else. He wants maximum full-time, and that's one of the. And that's one of the things about NMT they want to do is a job
2: guarantee. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of the Green Party's platform is a federal jobs guarantee. Which, and I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot of digging to realize that the Green New Deal is in part largely based on the New Deal. But they could have started doing this. Way back then, when we got off the gold standard, that was the whole idea for getting off the gold standard was funding these public programs.
4: Yeah, and actually, yeah, uh, there's some talk uh, criticism of it uh, as far as Social Security. Social Security is uh, mostly funded by uh, by the, um, the no by um, by a tax from your paycheck, but because we're able to actually because we are a a, uh, a currency uh, issuer and a currency uh, user, uh, country, you can actually just put that money that uh, that's missing back
2: into there. True. And I mean, like, you know, funding things like universal health care uh, wouldn't be an issue.
4: Yeah, no. Uh, actually, that is everything that, that needs to happen is basically at the policy level or the uh, congressional level but we need people in there that are willing to understand what, uh, being a currency issuer is not currency user is. And that's the biggest problem right there.
2: Right. That makes sense. So, um, I guess to, uh, I don't really have that many questions. Honestly, I, you, you did a pretty good job of, uh, kind of giving an overview.
4: Um thank you as far as but it is my first actual interview explaining MMT, so I'm kinda don't blame my words a lot. <laughs>
2: <So>. fair enough. <laughs> um I, wouldn't mind so being, I you wouldn't
4: mind what? Well in the future I wouldn't mind being back on to discuss more about this once I get more Oh more. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah I'm totally down with that. Um so i guess like I, i'm not even sure how to bring up the the next topic um i was trying to think of a clever way to introduce it but i'm not uh, going to We're gonna, segue well no i well yeah yeah kind of a segue into uh the the conflict in israel and palestine and you know the
1: conflict in israel and palestine there you go um, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>
2: okay okay that was good don that was good i was trying to think of a clever way to bring it up but there is no clever way to talk about it there just isn't
1: no i want to make something clear real quick we're not here to like argue we're just here to state our opinion
2: i mean if you if your opinion differs bring it up in the comments but if you're trying to advocate 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 If you're trying to advocate what Israel is doing to the Palestinian people right now, then it's probably not, it's probably not worth any of our times to have the discussion.
3: Right. That's the thing. Like, even as someone who is part Jewish, I can't agree with what the state of Israel is doing right now. And honestly, I would be surprised if there was even a majority of People who live in Israel who support this shit, you know, I highly doubt it. This extremist regime that is in power there um, is enacting downright fucking genocide. It's fascism. It's the same type of fascism as our ancestors had to deal with in Germany and other parts of Europe. And it's not fucking cool to... Get bullied and turn around and be the bully.
2: Hold on, I have a. Well, I know that you've seen it because I think it was Don that told me about it. But that that political comic. Um. Which one? Hold on, I'm trying to like type it. Hold on, I'll say it first and then I'll type it. How about that? Where yeah, this? It was a, It was an IDF soldier, right, with his with his firearm drawn, that was looking in a mirror. And instead of the IDF Star of David, it was the swastika on his arm.
3: That was one I brought up the other day, yeah. Oh uh, Well, I knew it was one that, of you too, damn it. Right. That, <laughs> that really was like a, a punch in the fucking gut and the soul to see that. Because it breaks my heart that, you know, this is what is fucking happening over there. Of, you know, killing family. Killing family. Okay, Jews and Arabs are fucking cousins. Killing family over a spot to live. Don't tell me you can't fucking take all that money that's going into the military and reinvest it, maybe, I don't know, building some more fucking housing instead of uh, just ejecting people from their homes, sending them to Gaza, and then bombing them. There's better ways to handle this. This is not fucking cool.
2: So I can't find the one that I was looking for, but I did find... Hang on. I did find this. Same concept. I don't think it's fair that it's not an IDF soldier, but the the critique is ultimately the same.
3: The sad thing is, I see a lot of this type of shit being pushed by people who are straight up anti-Semite that's why it punches me in the fucking soul because, like, at at this point, nobody can really fucking deny that the comparison is logical and legit, but it fucking hurts.
2: Yeah, and I can only imagine how, like, the average citizen of Israel feels. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's a whole shit ton of them that that have accepted that they live in the upper class of their society, but they're Anybody on the left in Israel, which I've seen a lot of social media discussions pertaining uh, leftist mo- or to leftist movements in Israel, they have protests going on on their own turf in solidarity with the Palestinian people.
3: Yep. Yep, they sure fucking do. Um, that's one thing that, you know, it's hard to even find any footage, any coverage of that, because nobody wants to talk about that, of the people who actually enjoy living together, going, yeah, no, I'm, I'm gonna fucking stand by my friends, my cousins, my people here, because when it fucking comes down to it, we're all one human family. How dare anybody fucking do shit like this to each other? This is shitty. This is unacceptable.
0: Yeah,
4: but I look at the, the whole thing, I'm thinking to myself, okay, People here keep uh, uh, voting in these people that keep doing the same thing that the, the previous presidents have done in the past. And that's funding that that type of government that is openly willing to kill people because of one because one or or of one thing. I mean, allow them to live. Why not? They're both both ancestral are part of that land. At least as far as I know of, anyway. Uh, Am I wrong? Right. Right. I mean. No, no, you're
2: absolutely right. And I think there's a lot of parallels, honestly, to draw between the indigenous movement here and what the Palestinian people are going through. Yeah.
1: We sat down and did the research yesterday, and um, Gaza was listed as one of the cities, the city of Gaza, not the Gaza Strip, but the city itself of Gaza and multiple other cities within the Gaza strip in the old testament it's they're listed as cities of the philistines the philistines are palestinians that's how the name change happened between the the crusaders and the mamelukes and the the assyrid calphate and uh, the ottoman empire and all these other languages they've been there just as long as
2: the israelites
3: yeah even from the same exactly we're all descendant from abraham and the fact of the matter is the the israelites the hebrew people all settled this area when leaving egypt okay we're talking time of moses there was many fucking generations of this being one people yes many tribes making up one people but one people living there together for many fucking generations before the bullshit that started with Abraham, and him, oops, accidentally giving the blessing to Isaac or to Ishmael, um, you know, and thereby, you know, making this war happen between his own sons and their descendants over this fucking land.
1: Oh no, no, the most recent thing is, well, Delilah cut off Samson's hair, and she did that in Gaza, so we're getting. It.
3: Kid. Oh my God! Let it go. It's been so many fucking thousands of years. You can't just keep going up. You know, eye for an eye.
1: My thing is, my thing is, if Yahweh is, if Yahweh exists and he's watching, he is fucking weeping over what his children
2: are doing. How, and Jesus, how dare they?
3: Why Yahweh would be
1: how, probably how, encouraging
3: it?
2: Well, I mean. Well, I mean, I honestly think that any of the prophets and any of the the Abrahamic religions would be very pissed off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you, you thought you thought Christ was pissed when he took a bullwhip into the fucking temple? Right, <laughs> right. right. Now I mean, I bring him back down and let's give him an AK and see what happens. He would build his <laughs> own. damn it. Yeah, He'd you're right. Light him,
3: up. Light him all up. And then he'd come here and light up a few motherfuckers here, too. Like, how dare you do this shit in my name? Um, And I mean, I
2: don't know a hell of a lot about Islam, and I'm not going to pretend to, but I don't think that Muhammad would be very excited about what's going on. Probably not. Either.
3: Abraham would be grabbing them both by the fucking ears and cracking their heads against each other.
2: (laughs) So obviously we're playing a lot of hypothetical fucking... Right. Right. Things with religious characters here, yeah. and may, maybe that's in poor taste. But the point is, is that on both sides they act like it's a, it's a, it's a religious battle. It's a holy war. And man,
3: nah, nah, you can't keep using that fucking excuse after thousands of years of killing each other. Um, this is a stupid sibling rivalry, fucking.
1: I I agree with the Irish Prime Minister. It's an apartheid state. Exactly. Yeah. It's an apartheid state. And racism really is. is disgusting in any form. Right. I'm not an anti Semite. I'm an anti racist.
3: Right. I'm against racism regardless of who the fuck it's coming from.
1: And and for those of you hearing this in the future or viewing this right now and wondering what an apartheid state is, it's a state where they have separate laws for separate races. Yep.
3: It's fucked. It's really fucked. Um, I mean- If you're
1: Palestinian, have... if you're Palestinian in Israel, you're not allowed to vote. Because non- right. non- non-Jews are not allowed to decide the direction in which Israel goes. But you're forced to live in the Gaza Strip or on the other side of the country where you've probably never been before if you're living in the Gaza Strip. Uh, you can't have ports or international trade in the Gaza Strip, even though the Mediterranean is literally right fucking there. Um, you can't have an airport. Uh, there are roads that only the Israelis are allowed to use. The, the Palestinians are not allowed to use those roads, but they go through Palestinian land. That is... It's disgusting. And it, it needs to stop.
3: Right. Endless brutality that's getting nobody any fucking where. Brutality for the sake of brutality.
1: Right. right. In some instances, too. Like, it, it's not even like. Oh, my God. You know, I, I have younger sisters. and And we would fight like siblings do. And, you know, one time I lost my shit on them when I was very young and I, 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 really let them have it. And my mom, my mom pulled me to the side and was like, you need to fucking stop. You are so much bigger than them. They're so much weaker than you. You need to, they, they can't actually hurt you. You need to just kind of learn to measure your response. And I think that that's a good analogy to be drawn between Gaza and Israel. Israel has the world's fourth largest army. Gaza's shooting fucking Russian surplus
2: rockets.
3: They're mostly getting taken out. They
2: get taken out by the Iron, Iron Dome. Dome.
3: Like, I've been in
1: Afghanistan. The Iron
2: Dome is absolutely ridiculous and would not be possible <laughs> without U.S. funding.
1: The Iron yep. Dome, we, we buy that technology off them to guard our bases in Afghanistan and Iraq. I can't tell you how many times I watched the Iron Dome light up shit on Kandahar airfield because the Taliban were trying to put rockets somewhere.
4: I'm going to, have to look that up a little later on. figure out what, what the I keep hearing about it, but I, I haven't had the fortune or misfortune to see it. Uh, I,
1: I will try to not spoil anything for you. It's <laughs> something to see
2: on your own. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not trying to spoil anything either. Um, but I, I have a thing. We're gonna play it like 28 seconds at a time because copyright. But uh, it, it's time. Ty- it's time for something fun to, to bring it up a little, uh, a little, a little dark. You know.
4: Okay. Can I add one, one last thing?
2: Am not ready? Oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
4: Uh, I'm I'm very fortunate. I'm in love with the Jewish woman myself, and I also come from a very diverse family. Uh, me and my sister both are the only uh, Caucasian in the whole family. The rest are African-American, and well, mixed African-American Caucasian. And I graduated from a uh, indigenous-type school, uh, American Indian Heritage, in Seattle. Oh, wow. Um, is full of diversity,
2: period. <laughs> That's how every family tree should look, honestly. I can't
1: remember the name of the tribes out in Seattle, but when I was stationed out there, I, we, we did some work with them.
4: Well, Turkey the, is a uh, very, very large one, I believe, in in uh, Washington State.
0: Blackbird, yeah.
4: Chippewa, uh, other other ones of that nature as well. Yeah.
1: All right, Rob. Let's see this uh, this, this thing that you got. Oh man.
5: Is that the uh, the Jewish people and the the Muslim people in the region don't? Uh, seem to get along very well at all. Uh, and, 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 then, and the trouble with the situation is that the fighting, the self-perpetuating nature of the violence makes one wonder how there's ever going to be peace in that region. And I think about this all the time, as I'm sure you do too. And I think, how is there ever going to be a resolution to this conflict? And I was thinking about the other day and I thought, maybe, just maybe, it's going to be a simple thing. Maybe all they need is a really good peace anthem.
2: First of all, I know that he's like, you know, kind of being sarcastic about it, but music is unity, okay? So even though it's drenched in sarcasm, he's kind of onto something there.
3: He really is, and it made me think of that video of, you know, thousands of people gathered uh, in Israel singing Modest Yahoos one day. Yeah. People together. Exactly. A who should be president of Israel. Anyway.
5: Anyway. So um, I've taken the liberty of uh, penning a little something, and I thought I should bounce it off a, a relatively neutral kind of secular crowd before I actually pop over there and uh, start um, busking on the Gaza Strip. <laughs> <service>. <laughs>
2: So I'm pausing it for copyright reasons. Right? So this is fair use. We're discussing the piece. Ah. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> I I love this uh the angle of his hands in this picture. Right. Oh dude, right? He's got No, okay, hair. so
2: like seriously, on a real note, like his music's all comedy shit, but this guy is a fucking wonderful pianist.
1: He really he is. is. I noticed that he's, he's married, talented. so
2: I mean somebody wants to guess.
1: <laughs> um, in, in some of his songs up he, up he
2: makes jokes about his fingering ah ah beautiful!
3: <laughs> it's one of the most fun parts of being a pianist
2: yes but length must have, have a limit it's so simply self-indulgent god damn it it's simply self-indulgent to take it past three minutes
1: that's true anyway continuing anyway. on
5: <laughs> we don't eat pigs you don't eat pigs It seems it's been that way forever So if you don't eat pigs and we don't eat pigs why not not eat pigs together? <laughs> yeah
2: Okay, so again, pausing it, fair use. His facial expressions fucking make it, right? Yes.
3: That that was fucking priceless right there.
5: <laughs> we don't eat pigs, you don't eat pigs. It seems it's been that way forever. So if you don't eat pigs, we don't eat pigs. Why not not eat pigs together, together, yeah. That's true. We don't eat pigs, you don't eat pigs, it seems it's been that way forever, sing! So if you don't eat pigs, and... We don't pigs. Oh, Why not not eat pigs together, together? Why not not eat pigs together? Oh, God. What's more, why not not eat pigs together? Rock!
2: <laughs> okay, that's...
3: <No>. Oh. <laughs> I'd love to mention
5: that motherfucker.
2: He's He's probably my favorite <laughs> comedian, honestly. And he's an amazing pianist.
5: Yeah, Check him
2: so. out sometimes. <coughs> <coughs> anyway, that was just to try to lighten the mood. Um, hope it worked. I probably probably saved, uh, did a good job there. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh,
4: I, I always enjoy your shows either way. So. Yeah, we're kind of unpredictable sometimes. That's the fun part.
2: Yeah. Uh, so there
4: but yeah,
2: I guess uh so like Biden, oh my God, in the last like three days, he's pulled a complete 180 on Israel um three days ago, three days ago he he made the comment that Israel had the right to defend itself and and we talked about it on Thursday um you know, like how dare he say that Israel has the right to defend themselves from children that are essentially unarmed um yeah. And now today, he is saying that he supports a ceasefire in Israel. Um, But at the
1: same time, I watched the U.N. security meeting, the Security Council meeting yesterday. I watched it live, and the U.S. was the only one that didn't actually call for a ceasefire. They blocked the, the, the Security Council's motion to call for a ceasefire at the same time that the president's saying, oh, uh, I support a ceasefire. That motherfucker don't know what he supports. He probably read the fucking teleprompter wrong.
4: He's a politician. He speaks from both sides of both sides. Oh, of the yeah. Side, or from one end to the other.
2: Yeah, he's talking out his mouth and his ass.
4: By the way, they both stink. So
2: there you go. <laughs> good. That was good. Um, but, yeah, so... I'm I'm really concerned about it. And I, I do want to acknowledge that if Biden actually is shifting on that issue, that would be a huge fucking change. For a sitting president to actually take any sort of stance against Israel would be a huge change. That being said, I'm skeptical. I think we should all be skeptical.
4: He's, he's obviously trying to play both sides of the fence as far as that part goes. As far as I can tell, he's losing at both sides.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, the far right's going on about how he's anti Semitic and fucking.
4: They should talk, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm,
1: saying, I'm surprised right. the far right even knows what a Jew is. I didn't know they let them into country clubs.
4: Oh, they're still uh, Oh, oh uh,
1: <laughs> <them>. <laughs> Damn it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make <laughs> racist jokes. I'm trying to make jokes about, you know, the far right being some rich pompous assholes who don't care about you or you or you or you or you or you or anybody else.
4: Uh, last I checked, the Republican Party that actually tried to get a new party going.
1: Oh, yeah. I yeah, heard. yeah, yeah. Trump. Oh, my God. They kicked out Liz Cheney.
2: Oh uh, Man. Yeah, so we're, I think what's going to happen is we're going to end up seeing uh, a couple of wings. We're going to see the Trump wing of the GOP, which I think is already taken over the GOP. And then we're going to see your your typical classical conservatives, the Lincoln Project. I think that's what they're going to call the fucking party, though.
4: <laughs> I would be interested to see where the Tea
2: Party goes. Hmm. Well, I mean, the Tea Party inadvertently led to Trump. Well, I don't think that was what they were hoping for at all. Exactly. But... Yeah. I, but... Just,
1: I just wish that they handled things the way that they, they used to handle things back in Liz Cheney's dad's day, you know, you... Take them out on a hunting trip, <laughs> in the face, and then have them apologize to you.
3: <laughs> right.
2: Oh That's my God. <laughs> I
1: think they already do that.
2: Man, right. I, out, I have to commend you for making a Dick Cheney joke. It's it's 2021, and you managed to fit in a Dick Cheney joke. The motherfucking Darth Sidious, dude.
1: I will <laughs> forever remember. <laughs> I thought it was a quail. Of course, you did. Of course, you did. Didn't
4: he what? shoot Dan Quayle?
0: <laughs> I, was, I,
4: I, I, was, I was just about to say, I wonder what Dan, Dan Quayle thought about that one.
2: Uh, so, Natalie in the comments said, and then there's Andrew Yang on Israel. Somebody's going to have to fill me in here. I have yeah, no I, idea what Andrew Yang said about Israel. I'll Google it. I Andrew was, watching like Yang, Israel.
4: And basically went the same way as the establishment Democrats on it in the first place. That's why I. That's why I'm backing uh, Pippa Boy in the uh, in, uh, in the in the race.
1: Ah. Uh,
2: I don't. I'm not invested in New York enough to uh, say who to vote for. But I don't know. There was something about. Okay, so like I I like some of Andrew Yang's thing. The UBI I think is necessary. If we're going to actually like move past capitalism, a UBI is going to be necessary.
4: Well, yeah, if I remember right, uh, uh, Yang's version of UBI is take this way or take it the other way. You can't have both.
0: Yeah. So it's
4: either this or that. Like, now we should have both, especially in this economic standard right now. We should have
2: both just to live. And, I mean, he sided with Pete Buttigieg on Medicare for all who want it instead of Medicare for all. There should be no fine print. Medicare Mm -hmm. for all.
4: Yep, no, no offense or buts about it. No pun intended,
2: anyway. Ha, But So this is from Spectrum News in New York. So uh, Yang continues to defend Israel's statement, and Garcia got another endorsement.
4: Yeah, Garcia, I think, got an endorsement from, um, oh, where, uh, a, a fellow Democrat, Uh Council, uh, council member or some other. I'm forget, I forget his name, but I think that's who it was. I think I read that in uh, Yahoo earlier today.
2: Man, so apparently like at a speech that he gave, he was heckled the whole time. Good. People were shouting free Palestine. Why are you supporting the terrorist attack by Israel? Okay, so he, here's his statement first. Mm-hmm. He said... I'm standing with the people of Israel who are coming under bombardment attacks and condemn the Hamas terrorists. The people of New York City will always stand with our brothers and sisters in Israel who face down terrorism and persevere. That was one week ago today. they are not
3: distinguishing between the actual people of Israel and the fucking government. There's a difference.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So he replied to a heckler. He said, I disagree with that characterization. But he wants, he did say that he's calling for people to be able to come together and pray in peace. But, like, does he, I'm wondering how, like, uninformed on the situation he is. 90%. I'm,
4: I'm guessing because he's only taking uh, uh, talking points from the fellow Democrats.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess that settles really that he is an establishment Democrat.
4: I think, uh, at a, I want to say six or seven that actually um, that uh, answered, I think, or, or made their opinions known. I think the only person that hasn't, I don't think it's anything, has been Peter Boy. Uh, everybody else has been pretty much on Israel's side.
2: Right, right. Uh, that's painful.
4: Well, one thing I am happy about New York is they they are doing the ranked choice voting in the, uh, in, the in the state elections or uh, the uh, the uh, government elections this this time around. Uh, I think I heard uh, Utah is also doing uh, is also doing that, and I think twelve other states are uh, are looking at that as, as a possibility.
2: I was uh, trying to, uh, hold on. So I'm gonna bring up a uh, green party page here. Son of a bitch. Except for I clicked the wrong one. (laughs) Um, Okay, so like, of course, I, as you probably all know at this point, I am a member of um, of the Green Party. I generally support the Green Party, and I just want to read a bit. I'll put it on the screen of the Green Party statement on Israeli-Palestinian relationships. And these these keep in mind are not these are before this onslaught on the Gaza Strip. Oh, yeah. um, they they support the implementation of boycott and divestment initiatives, as well as cutting all aid, um, mm-hmm. ending the occupation and colonization of all Palestinian lands and dismantling the wall in oh, yeah. the West Bank, recognizing the fundamental rights of Palestinian ci- uh, citizens to full equality, and Respecting, protecting, and promoting the rights of Palestinian refugees to return to their homes and properties, as stipulated in UN Resolution 194. So, uh, this has been part of the Green Party platform for a very long time, uh, and they're calling for demilitar- uh, demilitarization of Israel, uh, a cut for or a cut of all support and aid, as well as boycotts and di- uh, divestment just in case anybody had any questions <laughs> where the green party stood on israel and palestine
4: actually uh, uh last go around i did roll calls about uh about green party candidates uh interviewed quite a few of them myself on conversation with the socialists. Uh, every, everybody between Howie Hawkins himself and walker um let's see um quite a few others uh especially uh, i think it's was uh, Colette Jenkins, I think. Uh, She's uh, in uh, Arizona as well.
2: Yep, she is the, uh, she is, I believe, going to be running for vice chair uh, in the next election, which is Mm -hmm. not the one that's coming up now for the state party. Uh, She is the co-chair in Pima County, and she is a, what is her seat? I think that she's a vice chair in the Youth Eco-Socialist Caucus. Uh,
4: I I, I think uh, when I interviewed her, she had just become vice
2: chair. And
4: yeah, she had, been, uh, she had been with the party for, I think, all about two months. I uh,
2: well, I mean, that would probably be the Youth Eco-Socialist. We started getting the ball rolling on um, officially becoming accredited at the national level uh, back in February. And the Youth Eco-Socialist Caucus itself has only been around since about the end of uh, the presidential campaign, a little yeah, bit well, before. Yeah,
4: that's what I mean. I, I, I had asked her at that time... Uh, and I think I still have that. I think I still have that on my anchor. Uh, I I asked her how long she had been a part of the Green Party, and uh, in a position. I think she had said that she had just joined uh, relatively, like three, two to three months prior. I think. Sometimes. Yeah,
2: that sounds that sounds about right. I mean, that's kind of when all of us that are involved with the youth eco socialist party tried to get involved with the party after Bernie's campaign failed naturally, <laughs> um, and there was a lot of disorganization in the party. So some of us felt kind of pushed off. There was also some, uh, some issues with whether it was intentional or not. It's another story altogether, but there was some issues with some racism. Yeah. Um, And we're, we're trying to root these things out and we have caught some flack from the steering committee at the state level about, operating as a parallel entity instead of you know like asking them for their blessing but
4: yeah that's probably the one bad thing about being decentralized regards to a party it's like there's no central
2: portion of the party that go to by the way this is what's going on with your what's your place yeah yeah and i i mean like i think a lot of the issue is that there's some people that are stuck in a different time that have been involved with the Green Party since it was formed, and now there's always been kind of tension between the liberals and the socialists in the Green Party, and I think that Howie's campaign may have set some fires in, <laughs> in regard to that. Um,
4: yeah, yeah, no. Uh, when when you when you first became the actual nominee, uh, or candidate, excuse me. Uh, I a lot of times when when uh, I'd be in chat rooms and they'd be People would be bringing up uh, his thoughts on as far as Joe Stein and all them. I would come to his aid because I remember watching the interview he did, and he was right about 90% of what happened. So uh, that's every time somebody would be criticizing or saying that Green Party uh, uh, won't win, all this, stuff, all this stuff, like, well, what change you have to vote for? You have to go with the party that, that was the one to provide it.
2: Yeah. Well, and frankly, I mean, I, OK, so like Howie and Angela as a pair are fucking amazing. Um, first of all, Angela Walker has been a, an on the ground organizer for a long time. And uh, they, they're kind of like an embodiment of dual power, if you think about it, because yeah. you got Howie like, hey, this is the policy thing. These are the policy things that we can do right now. And then you got Angela, like, yeah, but that's not enough. We need to be in the streets to make sure we don't lose these reforms. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think that that's really important. And, I mean, honestly, prior to their campaign, I had no fucking clue what dual power was. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, I mean, they, they do a good job at explaining their positions, too.
4: Yeah, uh, I remember uh, watching the open debate that he was a part of. Like the only actual debate forum they, they were having that had all the outside candidates uh attend. Uh, and yeah, had like I think one from the Constitutional Party, one from uh the outside Republican Party and all that other stuff. He was the only person that mentioned MMT. Yeah. And he was also one of the only ones that uh, explained how to one of the ways of getting the Green New Deal, Green Party version of it uh passed and that the amount of money that we we'll had to go go through it and how to get it done. And he mentioned uh, MMT along those lines.
2: Yeah, yeah, he did.
4: That that self-impressed me. Like, okay, he's the only person that actually acknowledged MMT exists and what it's about.
2: Yeah. Well, and I mean, like, uh, uh, Party of Socialism and Liberation. Gloria Lariva was excellent at the debate, but one thing that I definitely took away from it is, like, how he had his shit together in terms yeah. of knowing his policies. She yeah. was like, well, this is what we're going to do, but she didn't have a plan for it. Yeah. That being said, they are a Marxist-Leninist party. They don't really believe in electoral politics anyway, but that's yeah. not that's not the point. <laughs> um, you know, like, well, what are you going to do when you take power? Sure, you're going to radically alter the state, but you still need to know what you're going to do.
4: Right. Well, that's, that's the reason why I, I, during my my uh, news um, broadcast, I I read from their website, WSWS website, uh, Social Workers Party in the UK's website, CUSP website when they have some, something new up. That's why I bring that kind of news to my little not-so-mainstream uh, channel. Right.
2: Well, and I mean, obviously, we're not so mainstream either, uh, but yeah. I don't. And, and I'm not saying that we have like a big following or anything. We got like five people that like to hang out with us, right? But I mean, that being said, I don't think that the five people that watch us would get any sort of meaning, information meaningful to them out of mainstream media. I think that's why they watch us, even though we have three and a half, four hour streams sometimes, you know?
4: Well, I like to consider like my my thing and your guys saying basically the new mainstream media because we actually tell the truth right we actually, and we don't lie we don't we don't twist shit, we come out exactly what we think and other things that nature
1: yeah
2: 100 percent
1: um i've had this muted because i've been smoking pot which is legal in my state of michigan um again, i didn't want to interrupt the, the <coughs> conversations but i'm announcing that i'm here again Oh that's that's fine
2: man um yeah so i, I just want to while we're talking about the green party i guess this can be our left unity segment for tonight but i just want to take an opportunity to say if you're ages 14 to 35 get involved with the youth eco socialists if there's not a caucus in your state we can help you form one we just formed ours in Arizona and the whole caucus is new um, but Uh, the more people that are involved, the further we're gonna go. We need not just people to be involved on the party level, we need candidates, we need people to make media. You know, we we need everything. We're trying to build this from the ground up.
1: Speaking of people needing people to make media, I guess this kind of fits left unity because we're pretty left, right? (laughs) Yeah, well,
2: we're trying to unite the goddamn left, right? Okay. That's to, be, fair. to be fair, I am happy to say I still have not seen any sectarian infighting in our groups. That's beautiful. Um,
1: I love that. Yeah. That being said, guys, anybody hearing this in the future or watching this right now, comrades, we need your help. As as much as it doesn't seem like this is a hard thing to do, <laughs> on our own, on our own, um, we do. We could really use some like on the ground footage coverage of shit content creation i know i'm getting ready memes Memes. we need memes (laughs) i'm getting ready to start a comedy thing that i'm debating on when i'm gonna post that to the pages but it's gonna be a very how do i describe it the daily show for antifa sluts
2: indeed yeah i i I, I know you've been in the comments a few times calvin so you should be familiar with that running joke at this point (laughs) (laughs)
4: we
1: need we need some help guys if you're interested please message rob myself presha the the page
2: okay. i mean we're trying to expand out in a whole bunch of different ways and actually we've had uh well as part of our current event stream we've been doing our revolutionary left book club and we're working on with the media committee and or Education Committee of the Youth Eco-Socialists of Arizona, with help from um, a guy from the, from the Socialist Rifle Association, we are going to be putting together uh, the Revolutionary Left Book Club as its own separate thing. Um, so that should be exciting. We're probably going to start with Howie Hawkins' campaign book. It's not very long. It'll be easy to do. That's going to be our pilot episode, if you will and uh if anybody has any suggestions for revolutionary literature the second one will probably end up being eco-socialism by michael lowey um but it might not be um that being said as the youth eco-socialists um you know co-sponsoring it or co-heading it or whatever um that's probably a good starting point
4: yeah it sounds good um and I wouldn't mind actually, uh, as I keep saying, uh, posting some of your stuff on my on my network and see how it goes. Because like you guys, I share the crap out of my shit too. So. <laughs>
2: yeah, I need to. Um, I need to get a hold of Dean. Actually, he's been super busy lately. Um, actually, I haven't talked to him in a couple days. So I mean, I'm hoping mm-hmm. he's doing all right. But
4: yeah, um, did he say something about? Uh, maybe maybe it's is done but uh did you say something about like family members being sick as well
2: yeah yeah and i don't know if this is a continuation of that or something else but it could be work that's why he wasn't here the week before last was work Mm. um yeah i i need to i need to touch base with him on maintaining the website Mm. because we're behind on posting our own stuff too i believe (laughs) yeah um but yeah, we haven't forgotten about you. We're still going to keep doing that. We just... And then,
4: uh, and as I said, I, w- I want to reverse it.
2: I want to yeah, do it both ways. Hell yeah. yeah. Honestly, if you want... like, I think a good first thing would either be um, one of the interviews. Either the one with Brandon from Cooperation Denton, which, by the way, I meant to bring this up in the pre-stream. We need to get a hold of him and see if he wants to come back. Hmm. Yeah um cooperation Denton is i guess to try to sum it up in two words is a mutual aid group but it's it's a whole lot more than that they're trying to build an alternative economy essentially and um uh they kind of like got forced into high gear when you know everybody's gas lines froze and the power was out and all that shit over the winter. And that's, that's when we, we first touched base with him and he came on as a, he was our first guest. And uh, he kind of let us know what the situation was like and what they've been doing. And they were doing really good things and they had a hell of a lot of volunteers then. So I'm kind of interested to see what they're doing now, what, three months down the road. Mm. Um, I see him every once in a while in our support group, actually, mm. commenting but uh yeah so we need to we need to reach out to him and see if he wants to come back on but uh
3: and you know there's so many people who it would be great to be able to network with like that like um whether it be writing or doing videos like you do mm-hmm. you know we could host you a uh column or whatever. Uh, of your own, dedicated to the things you want to talk about, and vice versa. this The purpose of this is to amplify voices on the Each left. Other. Yeah. And to learn together and
2: mm-hmm. grow from that. So, so that's they- another thing. If you write an opinion piece and you don't mm-hmm. want to send it to the fucking New York Times because they won't talk about socialism or they won't talk about fascism, send it to yeah. us. We will publish it, and we right. will share the hell out of it. <laughs>
4: well, that's good to know as far as that part goes definitely
2: um so also i i i to add to don's call for help um you know if you are a writer and you want to write that sounds so stupid welcome (laughs) to the department of redundancy department no if you're a writer and you don't have an outlet for your creativity um we are willing, more than willing, to host anybody on the left who's sick of the bullshit, sick of the austerity measures, sick of the authoritarian rule, what have you. Let's talk about it. Um, we're trying to amplify each other, and there's there's whole networks that are that are already happening that are trying to do what we're doing, at, but. There's no way to centralize it. So what we need to do is have as many of these voices as we possibly can and build as many networks and coalitions as we possibly can. So, I mean, for that matter, if you're involved in a left-wing media organization, which I mean, I say left-wing, but I mean, I don't really like the right-left paradigm. I identify myself as a leftist, but the right-left paradigm in the United States is so far off the mark, it's not even funny. Yeah. Um, but that being said, if you are anywhere on the left, from a social democrat to a Trotskyist to an anarchist to an anarcho-communist or a Marxist, whatever, we want to hear from you.
3: Even tankies too. We got love for you, man.
2: <laughs> man, on that regard, I've been sinking pretty hard into Marxism Leninism lately. I'm starting yeah. to really like understand why lennon felt the way he did and that makes a big difference
1: we'll have a conversation when i get done studying taoism and see what we can fit together
2: from those two schools of thought dude i mean that exactly like and and one of the next books that i want to tackle personally anyway uh once i order it i haven't placed the order yet but hold on i will i will show you guys my my splurges Oh, bro. It's also hilarious that Barnes and Noble has this shit. But so the uh, academic press uh, version of the Communist <laughs> Manifesto, hardcover, uh, and then Kropotkin, Kropotkin's Mutual Aid, A Factor of Evolution, University Edition. Um, and then, you know, what is to be done? <laughs> paperback but uh yeah i think i think that a lot of where i'm leaning currently comes from well marx and angles of course but then later on lenin and mao but also kropotkin the whole idea of mutual aid the whole idea of building something better underneath the existing structure is entirely an anarchist con- uh, an anarchist concept and I think that there's a lot of good things, not just from Kropotkin, but from other anarchists as well, that we can mix into uh, the Marxist school of thought, or we can mix the Marxist school of thought into anarchism if that's how it ends up going, but you get the point. Um, we, the point of Marxism ultimately is that we should be learning from every attempted revolution throughout history. We should learn what drove that revolution, why it happened, and why the people that came to power came to power. And we should learn when they make mistakes and we should learn when they do things. Right. So, I mean, that's kind of the lens that I'm coming at all of this from. So when I say that I'm leaning hard into Marxism, Leninism, that's essentially what I'm saying.
4: If only they did that voting wise. I know. Right.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's, that's part of the reason I want to read what is to be done, but I mean, we already know what needs to be done and the left is not in a position to do that in the United States currently. So, (laughs) So here we are.
4: Yeah. the only left, the only socialist party that I've actually um, been more uh, in touch with is with the uh, so uh, the Socialist Equality Party. Uh, that's the only that in uh, uh, the P, uh, the PSL uh, their party as well. Yeah, um,
2: I like the, uh, I like the PSL, and I, I need to find out if they have a chapter in, uh, in our area. Um, but Gloria Lariva, man, like, she is, the way she speaks, dude, I love it. The passion she puts behind it is amazing.
4: Yeah, I, I was kind of uh suspect when she named uh, Leonard Peltier her vice president, uh, candidate. And I'm like, can uh,
2: okay, he's still, I don't think he'd
4: still run when he's in federal prison.
2: I mean, if you want to get back to the origins of the Socialist Party in the United States, Eugene Debs ran from prison in 1920.
4: Yeah, but were they were they still allowed to like vote and all of stuff during during that time? I don't
2: I don't think that he was allowed to vote for himself because he was in prison. But exactly,
4: yeah. So but like, he yeah. ran
2: a campaign for a million votes for socialism from prison in 1920 and got like 940,000 or something yeah. like that, just shy of the mark.
4: Yeah, yeah. And from there, all the propaganda in the world, like, pretty much doomed the socialist party after that. Uh, up until like the recent 20 years, I think, right?
2: Yeah. yeah, and I mean honestly, the Socialist Party kind of fell into the, the back burner of. US politics in general until uh, until they started working with the Green Party. At least I didn't know about them doing anything.
4: Yeah. Now uh, Social alternative joined up with DSA. The DSA is somewhat uh, beneficiary of uh, donations from a donor from the upward DNC. So I stopped covering uh, the social Alternative and DSA because of that, and I stopped uh, covering uh, the Green Party in uh, Germany. I think you had a, a um, someone from the Green Party on a, a week or so ago, and I put and I and I asked about that in the uh, the comment section. Uh, the, the German Greens, UK Greens, the,
2: the German Greens though, I think okay. So like I think that our Green Party should work with their Green Party if either of them ever gets to a point of power because they do back the global green new deal, which is hugely important. And that's, that's where I draw the line ultimately.
4: Yeah. Um, The green new deal is my, if I remember right, is originally in the UK? Uh, The,
2: the original term was coined in the UK. Yes. But uh, it was put into an actual policy paper here first.
4: Yeah. Yeah, uh, it was Howie Hawkins and and other groups involved in that that originated the policy. And then, of course, the DNC overtook it, regardless of name and all that, and uh, downplayed the crap out of it, and nothing happened with it.
2: I mean, I'm not going to disagree there, but I will say that Bernie and AOC talking about the Green New Deal and talking about Medicare for All is kind of what introduced me to the possibility of these concepts even being remotely a possibility in american politics. Oh, no that, no
4: no i mean that, that that is true but yeah it's the, but yeah they
2: took the content and watered it way down yeah yeah i mean medicare for all is supposed to be the first step in a step to a full sink or to a full universal health care system but bernie don't talk about that
4: well that, and actually that's <laughs> where, and actually that's where the concept of mmt comes in because that takes out the argument of the of the deficit of the debt and all that stuff. Once people realize that we are that the United States is a sovereign currency country that can actually spend as much uh, spend as much money as they can without inflation, depending on the depending on the raw resources that we produce. Like right now, there's inflation because of say parts for a car and all that stuff. That's why there's inflation. It's because the country was not ready for mass production yet, but we had the money in the system. But once mass production starts up, like the next, say, month or so, then the inflation will go down uh, slowly but, but surely.
1: Right? Yeah. Speaking of finances, if anybody's paying any attention to it, doggy coin is at 49 cents.
3: The door is being I,
4: held. I mean, uh, Dogecoin. Yeah, Dogecoin. Yeah, forty-nine cents. Yeah, after um, uh, uh, Elon on Saturday Night Live uh, earlier on uh, said he was uh, Aspergers.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. First of all, he is not the first host or first person to host Saturday Night Live with Aspergers.
4: No, I'm saying he came out as Aspergers then,
2: as far as I know of. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know about it either, actually. But I have. Um, I had some suspicion. I
1: have, I have friends that have like Aspergers and autism, so I I had some suspicion seeing some interviews with them. But
4: yeah, I, and I was diagnosed autistic in 2018. Uh, that's why I'm I continue on uh, my channel stuff, despite the Despite that, I don't have many views. <laughs>
2: uh. Hey man, I mean, we're, we're continuing on too. <laughs>
4: Uh, no, but uh, when Elon Musk uh, jokingly admitted that uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are a hustle, that's when that shit it's a banner.
1: Yeah, see, <clears throat> the way I took that, my to my generation, at least to me, anytime that anything has been a hustle to me, it's been a way I can make money. And that's a good thing because I need to make money. To older generations, a hustle is a bad thing. You're getting hustled.
2: It, it's a Yeah, scam. Or, or you're selling drugs. Yeah. All right. Like, yeah. oh, you're yeah. trying to
3: hustle me. And it's like, nah, I got a hustle. And my side hustles got side hustles. Yeah. Because like, we're literally. It's, <laughs> it's, because it's we literally live in a capitalist hellscape.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: because, he, because he's working within a capitalist society, and as far as Bitcoin, when he said that, the thing went down. Yeah. And actually turkey uh if i remember uh recently banned bitcoin from B- me a B- transactional currency oh, shit. but the person that owns it uh went off somewhere else with like 280 something billion dollars with a cryptocurrency and so right now they're, they're trying to figure out how to uh tax a cryptocurrency and try to see uh, yeah well I, I don't know anything about uh, much about it other than what I I, so,
3: when, when you cash it out wouldn't it be considered a capital gain just like it would be if you were cashing stocks
4: yes. yes it would yeah so that's probably why they went they, they are trying to probably go to a country that, that doesn't have capital gains taxes and cash out there
1: uh gotcha yes and, i just I remember when Bitcoin started and I remember that I said, no, nah, that sounds stupid. I'm not going to invest in it. And then 10 years later, it's worth what? I think it topped out at like $63,000 a share.
3: Right.
0: If yeah. I had spent
3: some beer money on Bitcoin a decade ago, I'd be fucking rich as hell, We have that dude. commune going. Right. right. We would have the commune already. Damn it. And the farm to table restaurant.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh,
1: man.
4: Uh, I, there are a lot of people in, uh, in the financial market are looking at Bitcoin as a kind of like what gold is as far as a hedge. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that's great, but then it's a spe- it's a speculation thing. So I mean, one bad thing, it goes down in uh, in value.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's why I was gonna when I cash out my my Dogecoin, I'm gonna. Put some of it in gold because it holds the same value i mean unless they find more gold somewhere we start mining asteroids
4: and actually speaking of uh, mmt as i as i did a moment ago uh i looked up what what was going on with venezuela yeah and first of all uh one of the things they messed up on was they relied too much on their oil and not enough on other resources they took out debt in foreign currency so that meant that they couldn't repay it in their own currency they had to actually pay it in like usd yeah so that created hyperinflation because usd was actually worth a lot more in in venezuela on you know the market there i mean as far as uh uh, yeah exchanging at, at a store or something to that effect well, I mean, this
2: is, these are things that the IMF and the World Bank do all over the world, and we wonder why these countries are economically insta- are unstable. Look at the fucking terms of those loans. It's terrible. Yeah. Another thing
4: that they messed up on was they fixed their exchange rates. If they had a floating exchange like we do, then they their inflation would be down to zero because their interest rates would be down as well. Because interest rate is based on how much, how, how much treasury you sell off on the open at, at auction. I mean, so they, they mess up all around and what, one, one of the creditors that uh, shell or some of that effect. But the main part I was trying to point out was they, they had uh, decided to fix their, uh, their uh, currency to, uh, two, no. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to a Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin type at like 60 bucks.
3: That's one of those things of like anymore we're wasting our time and our environment trying to print paper money when most of the time everything's digital anyways. It's not backed by anything right now. It'd be one thing if it was backed by gold, but if, if you try backing your currency with Gold, then, then, you know, Team America World Police comes in to stop you from having an independent currency. Um, <laughs> um about well, for well, example, gold, Go
4: gold, uh, gold nowadays has become more of a hedge against like inflationary uh, um, stocks, bonds, stuff of that nature. So, I, I last I checked, gold actually goes up at the same rate as see what the spending power of the u.s dollar is right. if people have more purchasing power the price of gold goes up a little bit because people are doing better so at least, at least that's how i you know, i have interpreted it. so so far i'm totally brand new at this
3: seeing a correlation in the data there yeah okay that's what's
4: up who's commenting what's that Who's commenting? She's like one. I, 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 oh. I?
3: oh, yeah. Natalie was saying short-term capital gain. Indeed. Yeah. And agreed. We do need to come, now. now
4: This is one of the very few times you've actually talked finance for a, uh, for a long period of time. On the show, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean to bore you guys as far as that part goes. I, uh, that,
3: that's oh, no, funny. not at all.
1: I that promise you're
3: not boring us. This <laughs> is actually fancy. fascinating. It, it is. You're a fucking genius, and I'm thoroughly enjoying oh, what I'm learning from you. Thank you. you. Uh,
4: thank you. <laughs> this, this book actually helped me a lot. It's a Seve book. The Depth right. and Meth. The Depth like and
3: that. mess. That's that's
4: it's called The Devson Myth by Seppi Kelton. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it, it pretty much lays it out in the easier terms I can.
3: Anyway, let's check that out.
4: It's a, it's a good book. Uh, I've been reading it on my uh, Talking MMT um, anchor, uh, anchor.fm/slash socialist talking.
3: You know, we should add that to the reading list for the leftist book club.
0: Straight it would be a bad up. It would be a Note to idea. tell Rob <laughs> when
3: he comes back. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, I would also add uh, books uh, that uh, are authored by uh, Warren Mosler. Um, uh, and uh, you can watch uh, Mike Norman on YouTube. He's, a, he's an MMT or e- economist. Uh, economist.
3: Oh yeah. Anyway. I need to write these names down. <laughs> Pull this. That's
0: yeah, okay. This is where my
4: yeah. is where my, uh, my um, obsession comes in as part of the autism parkos.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, pretty much every day I'm, I'm into the MMT and wrestling and other things on nature too. All
3: right, because well, understanding MMT is inherent to actually fixing all of the problems that we've had going on. You know, right now, what we're doing is not stable. Having a handful of people hold the majority of resources and everybody else fighting over table scraps.
4: Um, Do you guys watch uh, The Rising on uh, YouTube uh, by The Hill?
1: I I watch a couple of things by the hill every once in a while, but I don't, like, actively watch the hill.
4: Uh, I I just realized that they had um, put up a video explaining what MMT is, essentially. So I think Sauter, I think his last name, and um, the other, uh, I forget her name, unfortunately, but uh, the the host of the whole thing, we're we're talking about MMT uh, earlier today. Yeah.
3: Where the fuck did Rob go? I don't
1: know. He said be right back.
4: Oh, I didn't <clears> even <throat> hear. <laughs> I thought I'm bored in my desk.
3: Nah, he
1: probably is. <laughs>
4: he like... walked off, so
3: I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Middle of the show, he just gets up and walks away. Like what? That's why oh, <laughs> oh, I said a lot too.
1: Check on the dogs. I'll be right back.
3: Okay. Might as well pause for the because I'm not bored. I'm just checking on my dogs. <laughs>
4: Well, I, I, I thank you guys for having me on. As far as uh, being interviewed, I'm, I'm not being interviewed as far as the Fargo. So thank you for for having me on.
3: Thank you for coming on. Uh, this this has been eye opening. You know, I'm I'm digging it, learning about stuff. You know, it's it's incremental. We really gotta fix every fucking thing about how we're running shit.
4: Well, that that would. Be putting in ranked choice voting and putting uh, more than just two parties uh, going and yeah, I I don't know if people are ready for that kind of thing yet. Otherwise, socialism would have won already. But in that in that case, or at least leftist policies,
3: right? Actual leftists. We needed a party of actual leftists because the shit that this country treats as left is more center to center right. Um, it's, it's not on the left. Right. Um, And there's so many small scattered parties of real leftists that if we can bring together, that's a big fucking fist we can hit these motherfuckers with. We need to destroy this two party dichotomy. It doesn't represent anybody except the wealthy.
4: Yeah. Very much. Uh. But yeah, we, we we need people that, that know about MMT, uh, and we also need people that are about socialist policies, not parties. That's where we fuck up, because parties are not always uh, voted on as far as leaderships, and, that, and, that, and that's where it happens.
3: Right. That was one thing that really came to light with how the DNC fucked over Bernie. Not once, but twice. Um, <laughs>
4: You know yeah but I mean the second time if you know you're going to get screwed why why run as democrat when you when you build up, up, up a clientele uh as independent in the first time you could I, you could have but you could have won you didn't have to run as democrat that I really that's, have.
3: that's the thing that I mean at the time pissed me off that he would switch and run democrat like, I understand the logistics behind it of thinking, you know, if I'm in one of the two major parties, then I have more of a chance of winning, but not when that party is going to actively work against you because you're not the establishment pick. You're talking about stuff that actually goes left of center. We can't touch that.
4: I think he tried to be a reformist and in they and in a uh, a fake democracy, you can't be a reformist. Right. You have to be a revolutionist. If that's a word. <laughs> um, at
3: least at least he does still have you know the ability and the power to make a positive impact being in Congress.
4: Yeah, not only that, but he's a part of the, the budget committee. He's the chairman on there, I believe. Yeah, I he's as a, as
3: a bank committee, I think it is, or some that
4: sort that
0: of Mm-hmm. So, so
4: yeah, he, he is at least in a prominent position to get it done.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh, we, we just have a middle of the road to Republican at the president.
3: Welcome, Welcome back. back. Hello, Rob. I already forgot
1: what the action item was that I was told to remind myself to remind Fresher to remind you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got, you're muted, bro. I can see your lips moving, but it's okay. I said I didn't
2: even follow that, bro. It's okay, neither did I. I'll be right back. I have to plug my phone in. I'm not literally, I'm not actually going anywhere. I'm like, just out of sight. So, how's everybody doing? Ah, you know.
3: Good and
1: smoky. I got to figure out what I'm making for dinner tonight.
2: Uh, I I didn't make anything last night. uh, Last night we had goulash and tonight I am (laughs) making a chicken Thai stir fry. No, not chicken. Chickpea Thai stir fry thing for meatless Monday. Uh, Fuck yeah. I I may or may not, I may or may not post a video of that. Nice.
3: (laughs) You should, you totally should.
4: Yeah, the last I saw, uh, you can put it on Facebook like the 10 second thing. And uh, you were in the kitchen, you were in uh, chef gear, and one, okay, what is he doing? And all of a sudden, 10 seconds later, he's done it. One, really? What?
2: A 10 second video?
4: Yeah. Like you were in the kitchen, you were about to cook up something. But I think it was like the um, the vegan cream or, or some side sort of effect that you don't Oh, need.
2: yeah, that's, that shouldn't have yeah. been a 10 second video.
4: I only saw 10 seconds of it.
2: That's weird. And, and I, oh, I wonder if Austin like did an ad. I didn't see any Oh, it, it, well, I was gonna say maybe it popped in your news feed as like a 10 second clip because it was no, I
4: no, I I actually saw it uh, uh, be advertised as like something from We Are for We Are Many as uh, live or something and I clicked on it. And it was you in, in the kitchen gear and you were about to cook up something. And all of a sudden, like 10 seconds later, it was done. I'm like, what, huh
2: not sure why I don't know either but I thought I'd let you know that all well. So I guess back to the news um, So we've been talking a lot about uh, France I, Well I guess I can't even really say that Because we've been talking more about Myanmar and India than France But we've been talking about France too uh, are you familiar at all with the, the Yellow Vest protests and the...
4: Yeah, yeah, I actually, I used to be in, uh, I used to be involved in their Facebook groups. Nice. Used to be, not, not so much anymore, but yeah.
0: Okay.
2: So, um, I guess I'm just trying to tie this into, uh, oh my God, okay, except, there we go. Um, hang on just a sec.
4: I remember the president there is very much in touch with Trump. That's why I call it. Am I right about that?
2: Um, from what I understand, yes. And I have a little bit, of, well, this is from yesterday, but I have a little bit of news. Hmm.
6: We have had a lot of demonstrators turning out, and it's been pretty intense with the police. Tear gas and water cannon used from the get-go from 3 p.m. onwards. The protesters are dividing off into smaller groups. The police actually are often dividing them deliberately into smaller groups down to smaller roads. But what's happening is that they keep regrouping and protesting again. And this is clear that this protest is very much prohibited. The Interior Ministry has made that very clear. They do not want a repeat of the violence that was seen in 2014 um, during the summer of 2014 when a pro palestine protest took place here in paris in the north of paris i have to say though, the demonstrators that i've spoken to said they're really keen for this demonstration to happen but also in a peaceful manner they're not looking for a fight they want to try and keep things calm we were in the middle of filming a soundbite with a woman who said that but just at that moment the police did make a charge where we were standing we had to move on quite quickly <coughs> Where we are right now is a little bit calmer, but we never know in the next few minutes in the next few minutes up the roads and the smaller streets around here in the north of Paris. All these very small roads, protesters sometimes come up or the police suddenly charge and all of a sudden we're surrounded by tear gas. So it's, it's a very tense situation at the moment here in the north of Paris. All right, well, Claire, Claire, Pacqueline, following that. So, uh... yeah, that's
2: the... The situation in France. Um, I'm going to try to find out why the rally was banned. I don't know if it's because it was a pro-Palestine rally. If that's so, that's fucked up. But- uh, well,
1: you're while you're finding that out, I have some breaking news out of Palestine and Israel. <clears throat> or at least out of that section of the Middle East. Um, within the last hour, Israel has shelled Lebanon.
3: What? Yeah, they claimed that Lebanon had fired six rockets at them, and I didn't that
1: didn't make it
2: through the Iron Dome, presumably. Probably
1: didn't make it through the Iron Dome. It didn't say exactly where the the Israeli shell artillery pieces, well, artillery rounds landed. Um. But yeah, Israel fired shells at Le- Lebanon.
4: Well, if memory serves me, we're also funding Lebanon, aren't we?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, they're an ally. Oh. As far Mimus, as I remember, it was.
4: still, uh, still stirring up shit there.
2: Oh, dude, yeah. <sighs> so, police banned the march, and a court upheld the decision, fearing a repeat of fierce clashes that erupted during a similar Paris demonstration during the last Israeli-Palestinian conflict in 2014. The last, it never ended. We just stopped talking about it.
4: Yeah, no, I uh, I remember watching like I think it was the Senate here a couple days ago where they were trying to figure out ways how to uh, defund a little bit of the Pentagon. I think we just found I think we just found out a way they're not going to be doing that.
2: So um, apparently, though, the march was supposed to march towards the uh, Place de la Bastille. Um, maybe that's why they didn't want them going there. No, I'm just playing. But uh, for those that don't know, the Bastille is... The Bastille is where the French Revolution really started to turn around. Um, but anyway. So, yeah. The the court upheld the decision. How? What the fuck? Um, anyway, protesters turned out anyway. Um... The Association of Palestinians, Palestinians in France and other groups said in a group statement, "We refuse to silence our solid, solidarity. <laughs> take two. We refuse to silence our solidarity with the Palestinians, and we will not be prevented from demonstrating." They include anti-fascist associations, the Citizens' Activist Group Attack, and the far-left New Anti-Capitalist Party. Hmm. Anyone taking part would face fines of 135 euros. You kidding me? Wow. Um,
4: I guess not much to say about that.
1: Hey Rob. Yeah. One of these days would you like to do a deep dive with me on the um eco-socialist uh undertones in Frozen 2? A dive into what the story is actually about?
2: I have never seen Frozen 2.
1: You're gonna be surprised.
3: Should we add it to the watch along list? Oh
1: my god. (laughs) We really should (laughs) but we should but before we do that I would need to explain to you why it's actually a very important piece of um uh, 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 protesting history, indigenous rights history, uh, uh, global warming history, things like that. It's actually it's fascinating. I'll talk to you about it after this. It just crossed my mind, and I remembered that I had to tell you about it. All right. Yeah.
4: Hey Rob. Yeah. Uh, sometime later on. Uh, to, in order to, uh, I think, in order for for, uh, for me to be able to get the point a little more across with regards to uh, the deficit and all that stuff, uh, you would have to go on to um, uh, uh, Bing. I use Bing anyway to look up the uh, the daily Fed statement on there. It'll, uh, it'll have it a download for today, for instance, and you can see the um, the redeeming of how uh, how much treasuries were actually uh, uh, cashed out. I'll give you a kind of a, a sentiment of what the debt really is. I, I, I just thought about that. that, that that's why I, that, that's why I bring it up. That's all. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're,
2: you're good. <laughs> um, so I guess the next thing is Myanmar, or the next country, I should say, that we've been keeping tabs on is Myanmar. Do you know much about what's going on there?
4: I think I I get them confused a little bit with um, Adabi. That wasn't the same place, right? Or was that? No.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: Myanmar used to be known as Burma. Okay. Um, they're in Southeast Asia. But um, so uh-huh. the the military in Myanmar committed a coup. Uh, they're still in power. There's been mass protests, including a lot of a lot of violence at this point. I don't know how we're not calling it a war. It is, um, but the military took a rebel town two days ago. Um, yeah. See, see, if there are rebel towns, it's a civil war. D-
1: thank you. Yeah. Thank no. you. Um, I, mean, I mean, I I'm, I, I'm no you know military okay yeah i am i am in fact pretty pretty smart when it comes to military things but like still it seems very common sense if there are rebel towns and there are, there is a a group of people referred to as rebels
2: then there's a civil war um so the the new the newest death toll it doesn't give an exact number but it says nearly 800 people have died and pretty much unarmed protests since February's coup, which ousted the elected government. And by the way, outside observers um, said a couple of days ago that there was no evidence of fraud in their 2020 election, which is the military coup or the military junta's claim. Um, but yeah, that was a rebel town. It was called Mindat, or is called Mindat. BBC South Southeast Asia correspondent Jonathan Head says the army now appears to control it. Uh, They've been fighting for it for three weeks.
4: Wasn't it Hold
2: on, check this out, because the military is armed, right? Because they're the military. For three weeks, they've been fighting against local people armed mainly with homemade hunting guns, and dozens of soldiers have been killed. Resourceful? Dozens, they've taken out dozens with homemade hunting guns. The rebels said six of their fighters had, had been killed. Um, so I'm gonna screen share for a minute so we you, you can kind of get an idea where we're looking at here.
0: Yeah,
4: wasn't it in the constitution that uh, the military did like 25% of the seats automatically?
2: I actually haven't looked. I meant to look deeper into how their political system works, but I just haven't had time. I've been working like
4: no, I, I, a shit I, I, ton. I think I, I think that's I think that might be it, as far as that goes, but they just decided to just take over. Despite the fact that the uh, president there uh, was uh, elected uh, democratically, but I think it was at a I think it was a low turnout same uh, thing in what uh, happened uh, in Venezuela as far as the turnout rate, I mean.
2: Yeah, which I mean, groups like that, far right groups, do that to create that impression.
4: Oh yeah, um, uh, far right groups and then uh, and protests here too.
1: Yeah. Oh man, 2020 has been such a such a catalyst for the growth rate in far right groups. I was doing some research on like the growth of the far right. The resurgence of the far right in Germany, and man, you thought shit was bad here. They buy into QAnon worse than worse than any teetotaling old lady on Facebook.
2: Have you looked at Poland, dude?
1: Oh, dude, yeah. Don't I? Poland uh, banned abortion, bro. Uh, actually, that's I've, all I'm gonna say about it. I'll get mad. I've I've been watching Poland since I was in the army, and they've been doing some shit that I just did not like since. Since I was in the army, since since the refugee crisis started, it's been all downhill as far as Europe is.
3: Can we be okay with Germany annexing them now?
1: No, no. Bad jokes. That being said, it was really weird seeing like the the future um, <clears throat> the future battle lines for World War Three being drawn out on fucking on the UN Security Council. That was kind of strange.
3: God, I
1: would pay to see
2: that. Isn't it though? It man, it was. So this is this is an example of the far right. This is Poland.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Poland's Catholic identity. Man, they need to look up. The uh, the. You see that break. fucking Confederate flag there? Oh my in god! Poland? Bro, yeah, the historian
0: Pol-
3: <laughs>
1: The fucking the historian in me is going nuts right now. Poland, dude, Poland. Auschwitz was in fucking Poland. Bro, it gets worse. Germany, well, I mean, it it touches, it hits home for me. I feel ashamed to, I I feel like wearing gloves when I go out to hide my my tattoos because of the shit that I see in Germany. Like, I, I, I have never once hidden the fact that I am a big fan. I'm very proud of my Swedish heritage. I'm very Swedish- and I'm a big fan of Norse mythology. I have tattoos depicting things out of Norse mythology all over my body. And I can't fucking feel comfortable walking around because these motherfuckers want to use something where not even the gods are all the same race as as, as an excuse for hatred. I mean, the Christians do it too, but like...
3: Those motherfuckers will co-opt anywhere Bro. that they can.
1: Bro, it's to disgusting. Try to get a pudding. It's disgusting. It's disgusting.
3: Don't mind me. I'm back. Sciatic nerve on fire.
1: I, okay I, have, I have something to tell any, any alt-right white supremacists that might be lurking in the chat. Guys. Guys. Loki changed into a female horse and gave birth to a horse, and that's not the weirdest fucking thing that happened in Norse mythology. You should read the story about Thor cross-dressing to get Mjolnir back, or like Odin practicing women's magic and getting made fun of for it. Uh,
2: Things like that. You know? (laughs) Um, So Natalie asked in the comments about the, uh, the creamer, honestly, the expiration date on the original oat milk carton. She asked how long it would last. Also, in in terms of that recipe, I should clarify that I I purposely made that kind of bitter. You can add more sugar or use less cocoa powder if you don't like it as bitter. Austin entered the chat. Yeah.
3: Bro, bro.
2: Austin, we all know who you are, but if you want to introduce yourself anyway, go right ahead. I'm just some guy. That's all. (laughs) <laughs> Some all right. Radical all right.
1: Dude. Some fucking dude that's running for Congress.
3: Right. In
7: 2024, not anytime soon. So bro, that's
1: like three years away.
7: So, I know I gotta get my ass moving. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think
4: you so, like on, I put a like on a lot of my stuff. Yeah, I
7: always man. Thank you, as far as that part goes. <laughs> Well, any kind of leftist content, you know, that I can uh, support, I will, you know, especially when it's good. So.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
1: Austin, would you get behind a leftist Buddhist monastery so I don't have to pay taxes?
7: Yes, I will. <laughs> <laughs> um. I think I uh, now if we're on that page I think religious r- religion should pay taxes churches and such but that's just my theory.
1: I Agreed. I think I think that the the corporate oversight committees for the churches should pay taxes, you know, the guys that get the tithes and offerings from the local parishes I think
3: if you're one of the churches that's actually doing anything to help the community, then you should therefore be able to claim those expenses on your taxes if this is the charity work that we did. And, you know,
1: I just know know from experience with the assemblies of God in particular, that it is common for assemblies of God churches to struggle to keep the lights on and shit like that when they are in a small town but the pastor who is paid by the Assemblies of God corporate is driving around like new BMWs and shit.
7: Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: <clears throat>
4: if you're a church and uh, actually has a private jet, you you need to pay more taxes.
7: Yeah, yeah. Right. I, I think like if we're talking about Joel Olstein, I, I think was that's, about yeah, that's,
3: saying, yeah, that's... yes. Yeah, that's kind of, um,
7: yes. <laughs> man, of all fucking people,
1: fuck that guy. Yeah, yes. right? Oh, my God.
3: Yes. That guy needs to pay his fucking
0: taxes.
2: Kenneth Copeland, too. I yes. mean,
0: I can't wait
2: until and, the revolution and- happens and we turn his mega church into a fucking homeless shelter. Bro, yep. fuck yes. All I'm
1: saying is there is <clears throat> a replica of Versailles in Florida. We can put some fucking guillotines outside of it.
2: Go old school. Hmm something you can... Anyway, know. so back into this this far-right crisis, I, actually, it's kind of like contrasting, I guess, but like India and Myanmar and several South American countries are seeing, you know, large leftist movements. <coughs> so... <coughs> I
4: believe what country has a socialist as a president now? I forget which one that is. Shit,
2: I don't know. <laughs> I should.
4: Now, I remember the uh, the former president got, uh, got, uh, had resigned some, some bogus paper, the work that, uh, that Trump had, uh, had put up that was fake like months later to find was fake. I forgot what, what country it was. wasn't Brazil. Um, I had, I had the guy in my hip. I can't remember the name. Anyway, the Morales, I think, uh, is the former president's name, Morales? It,
7: it's the one we're going to overthrow soon, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <Or attempt two. laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
1: or attempt to, anyway. Yeah. If any, feds, if any feds are listening to this, please stop sending my brothers to die in jungles and deserts. We don't have any business there. I would support a police action in Mexico if the Mexican federal government asked us to go in there and help them with the cartels, but that's about the extent of it. Quit sending us to die in deserts
2: and jungles. So you asked about current socialist states, right? Um, So I wanted to point out that there is only four surviving, current, marxist leninist socialist or so, communist states um that is lao cuba china and vietnam and you can argue as much as you want about china and vietnam actually being socialist i, I would hear those arguments
4: uh, china and china actually was the originator of uh, of mmt they like centuries ago realized that they can control their own currency value. So that's, how, that's, that's why they're able to have as much they have as far as their economic uh, status goes. And that's why the United States government hates them.
1: I will say that yesterday when I was watching the uh, Security Council meeting, the Vietnamese um, foreign minister was probably one of the most chill people at the meeting. He was probably the most level-headed person that spoke.
7: I, I think... If your state has any form of capitalism in it,
2: then it can't truly be considered a socialist
7: state. So,
2: well, I mean, that being said, uh, okay, so I'm going to show this is the the current list of uh, countries that, that mention socialism in their constitution or have socialist things in their constitution. So these are all considered democratic socialists um but yeah there's there's a decent amount honestly some of them are pretty new look at nepal in terms of you know having social um constitutional protections so i mean most of those countries are using socialism to prop up capitalism which I think is okay for the short term but I think long term we need to get the fuck away from capitalism.
3: Right? Yeah. This experiment has failed. So many
2: people. Let's slap a few band-aids on it get everybody on an equal footing and get the fuck away from it. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 where, I, that's where I'm at. But yeah, I mean, that's I,
4: why, and, and that's why I started off this whole thing with I'm a socialist by policy not by party. If, if, they, if they happen to uh, be using capitalism as a way to fund the, the, those things, then at least they have a the positive tinge on, on capitalism. But overall, I would prefer a socialist uh, country as well, yes.
2: I mean, in terms of policy, I will support anything that will lift the material conditions of my comrades. Exactly, yes. Right. And I will oppose anything that limits the material conditions of my comrades. Exactly, yes.
1: So that's kind of like how I say I support anything that's good for Americans and oppose anything that's bad for Americans. Exactly.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. That.
4: Well, humans, uh, uh, humanity as a whole, but yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, but right for right now, we're stuck in this uh, this system of having divided nations and shit like that. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, I really hope to see. <laughs> oh God, should I say it? The one world
1: government? Yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of hope to see it too, but I don't know that we'll see it in our lifetime. And oh, I doubt it. I doubt I know it. We need to operate with the system that we got. So
7: that I've always... What... Go ahead, I'm
2: sorry.
1: I, I and, and that's not to say we can't change it. It's just what we've got
2: right now. Well, yeah, but we should use the mechanisms at our disposal to... Yeah, further... that,
1: that's exactly what I'm meaning. That's exactly yeah. what
2: i mean.
0: Yeah. Well,
4: you, I, I, I guess you, I guess you could say that like wrestling uh, card that's subject to change
1: right
3: <laughs> yeah
1: exactly hey
3: okay. that's why the Constitution was written basically as a fluid document that was changeable and could grow with society with the times
1: yeah that's why that's the whole on- purpose. That, that's why the only that's why there's only a few things in the Constitution that are not allowed to be amended
0: mm-hmm
1: Bill of uh, just, and then everything just, else just, that, to be amended.
3: right
4: there, there is one thing that i don't really hear any politician that is Medicare for all say and that is to rewrite the uh medicare bill uh because i think uh nancy pelosi wrote that uh the pharmaceutical portion uh they put in i think it was uh the government cannot is it, illegal for it to um negotiate down uh pharmaceutical prices
1: Yeah, see, I I think that's complete trash and I wish they would rewrite it. But I understand after after watching a couple interviews with like um, Tulsi Gabbard, because she's no longer in the in the Congress or Senate anymore. She's no longer part of the government right now, Um, which I'm hoping for another campaign from her, because I I think like she if I was going to vote Democrat, I was going to vote for her. She touched on a lot of stuff that I personally thought was important, like getting out of regime change wars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to be more diplomatic about the way we do things instead of just invading places with no plan.
2: Right. Well, I mean, the plan kind of is the chaos if we look at it in reality. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Cause, they cause chaos so American companies can move in and build up whatever the hell they want. Looking at you, Dick Cheney. <laughs> I heard that
4: uh, Janet Yellen was trying to do a uh, negotiate with other countries uh, for a global tax, which it might be good for uh, that would account against corporations that are trying to take jobs overseas. Like the, yeah,
2: mean, I was, I yeah, I was hoping that that's the way you were going to take it because that's how I took it too. Um, yeah, uh, but if. That the whole the the,
4: the uh, uh the the world thing that you, you just talked about, I think that it, they might take they might t- potentially take that to the other level, which is more the the
2: uh, far right kind of, kind of way. Oh, like can um, you would, oh, okay, um, like can you even imagine what the far right would say just about it happening? Like the the conversation about a global tax, they've got to be like shitting themselves right now, right now, like. Uh, Standing actually, on their head, shitting on themselves in front of the TV. Well,
4: if they if they take I had to paint way, a they,
2: picture for that, I'm sorry. No, don't <laughs> apologize. That was fine. <laughs> I
4: I have seen I have seen so much worse, not worried about that. Um <laughs> something
3: wrong with you. Anyway. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
4: I think that especially the Batarians portion of, uh, uh, of the of uh, the country would be looking at that as a good thing because that would that would keep, uh, as I said, a corporations possibly from taking jobs overseas, and yeah, that they, they might look at that as a positive
2: thing. Yeah, there's a lot of what ifs there though
5: for sure.
4: Yeah, uh, if memory serves me, actually, oh, uh, who is it? There's uh, a few countries that were against that, but that's one because they actually make more money based on uh, low. Uh, low wages than anything else uh, China uh, Japan or something like that but
2: anyway yeah uh, let's see what else do you guys want to talk about tonight Um,
1: they're going to be releasing some UFO stuff soon and I'm very excited about it Main Lord Sterling are going to, like, go in-depth on that. I'm warning you now. Did
4: Marco Rubio talk about that uh, a few days ago? Yeah,
1: yeah. They talked about it on 60 Minutes last night. Um, uh, I've been paying close attention to the specific guy that's been releasing these unclassified things that are really compelling. Like, they're super compelling. I I don't want to downplay this. Don's not saying that they're aliens, but, like, if they're not aliens, we need to know for national security purposes what the fuck they are. Cause we ain't got that technology Ain't none of us seen any of that technology before. And I'm telling you from like, from a simple grunt aspect of, you know, just a regular infantryman in the army ain't ever seen it. Uh, there are, there are pilots who pilot the most top secret planes we've got that have never seen it and don't know what they're looking at on their own fucking radars. And for a pilot who is a, an expert with that, to not know what the fuck he's looking at, or yeah. what he's looking at,
2: yeah, I'm pretty excited to that spinoff. And I, I just, I guess, I just want to say that we have big plans for, you know, like additional programs and whatnot. Um, but we need help getting it going. So again. If you are a content creator, a writer, a musician, a meme maker, if damn, we, we could use a meme lord,
1: a, a walking shit mm-hmm. post.
2: Yeah, if you are a walking shit post, dude, hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> we are here
3: to recruit you. <laughs>
2: uh, again, if you're with another like left wing media foundation, <laughs> I don't want to say foundation. No, not foundation. We're not foundations. We're an organization if you're from a left-wing media organization and you want to do um work together we're trying to build this anyway
1: oh james don't worry i see you in the chat when i figure out what it is i'll tell you but i'm telling you right now no matter what it is it's a national security risk we need to take yeah. that seriously
2: I'm just glad that our pilots are smart enough to not fucking shoot at it. Dude, yeah.
1: Yeah, but they've had like near, (laughs) near, like, encounter collisions and shit like that. Like, yeah. And and, and it's unidentified aircraft continuously violating American airspace. I don't know how the right wing's not pissed off about this. Like, come on. everyone should be like they, they I, don't want to take the risk of like how is it the fringe left is concerned about this and the right the right who should be like oh america's sovereignty
0: it
3: would be egomaniacal to think that we're the only planet in existence I know. that has life on it i know so yeah. you never know we can't actually rule that Either way,
0: it's, still, it's
2: they take but, the religious texts literally, so they believe that they are, without a doubt, the only intelligent species out there.
1: Okay, so so what's coming down from space and like, easily transitioning between air and water, uh, is is the most recent one. You watch this thing easily transition from being in the air to being in the water with no wreckage, and no yeah. break. In speed, and it's going past faster than sound, but it didn't break the fucking sound barrier. And this is a routine thing; they're routinely violating American airspace. And who's gonna call? Space Force. Saying space Force. It should be Space Force. Fuck oh it. Send fucking some Space God. Marines, man. Some Guardians.
2: God damn it, Space <laughs> Marines! No, no.
1: Listen, all I'm saying is if they start having a Halo program, bro, I'm, re, I'm re-upping. I'm, I'm going to be Master Chief.
7: Uh, has anyone here ever seen a UFO?
1: I've not necessarily seen what I would call a UFO, but I've seen some things that I couldn't quite discern what exactly they were. Although I do live right outside what used to be a nuclear facility for the Air Force and that UFO sighting in Michigan where Gerald Ford got pissed off because they said it was swamp gas and motherfucker we live in the swamps we know what swamp gas looks like um that happened at that airbase right over uh-huh. there uh uh-huh. uh-huh. yeah they they flew up to the airbase hovered over where the rockets were Hey, Natalie said, have
2: you checked the right on that?
1: I bet they're talking about it in select groups. I mean they probably are, but I'm not in those groups anymore.
2: Ah oh, man, I remember the libertarian days. Oh
1: man. Listen. I man, was
2: so naive, dude.
1: It sounds good <laughs> when I'm first getting out of the army. But... It sounds good <laughs> when
2: you're it sounds good when you're drunk.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh god. We've been going on. We should probably get off here. We're we ain't got nothing
2: else to really talk about, right? I mean, not anything planned necessarily, except for the the Rev Left Book Club. Uh, but yeah. I mean, this whole this whole episode was on the fly. True. Let
7: me say something real quick. Yeah, go for it, man. I'm. Pro- uh, this is probably going to be used against me, but
1: whatever. In a court of law, or like Shamed. by me?
7: No, oh, probably for when I run for Congress.
1: Uh <laughs>
7: I've seen I've seen a UFO.
1: Three
2: Hey, of hey uh, that's not going to be really... used
1: against you. Reagan saw UFOs and got away with it. So,
2: time There's out! Don't movie. compare Austin to Reagan.
1: He's not. <laughs> <enough>. no. <laughs> he, not going to release crack into the inner city to fund a drug war to pay for. Unless, some war unless you mean
7: I have the potential to be president, and then that it's okay. <laughs> or Jesus a famous Christ. movie star. They were triangle-like. You've seen uh, a volcano rock. Mm -hmm. Well, it looked like that. And it was uh, uh, light was shining from it, but it was more like light was inside of it shining out.
6: But it wasn't clear
7: it looked like the rock. And there's three of them. And they had to be probably a size of a football field, I'd say. Each of them. So. Yeah, that... uh they weren't making any sound whatsoever. So I've never I, seen some shit like that,
1: but I wouldn't doubt it.
7: Now, when you say UFO, we don't mean aliens. We that never means aliens. It means that it's literally unidentified flying object. I mean, obviously, we don't have the technology that we know of, that we know of. Yeah. But I mean with uh what is it? How much 700 and something odd billion dollars we're spending on uh
1: most of, that, most of I'm trying, that's going to some most of that's going to the CEO of Boeing and like DARPA and shit like that.
2: Maybe, or, maybe DARPA has its own funding, doesn't it? I have no idea. I could hey. be wrong on that though. I'll I'll concede that. Um, an hour ago, Netanyahu vowed to
1: continue strikes on Gaza.
2: <laughs> okay, so here's my take on. Israel, Palestine, we should all, myself included, I'm kind of being a hypocrite here because I admittedly don't have time often, but we should all be marching in the streets in solidarity with Palestine at this point. We're not saying that we're defending terrorist organizations, but how would you feel if you had an invading force? 212 civilians, 61 of which were children.
3: On the Palestinian side.
1: On the Palestinian side, compared ten, to ten.
3: Ten on the Israeli side, two of whom were also children.
7: Yeah. Which is, both are horrific, but yeah, that yeah. one number is just like what the fuck.
2: Yeah, that's not even like a conflict. That's not that's not two sided. That's strictly no. a racial genocide. Yeah. I mean, is Israeli citizens that are that are of Arab descent are still treated like ass? Palestinians are
1: basically David throwing rocks at Goliath right now.
2: So what you're saying is David's just got to crack him a real good one on the skull?
1: I don't know that that's how it's going to pan out, man.
2: Yeah, I don't know either. And I mean, like, I don't even know really what to say about the situation, other than we should be marching in solidarity with Palestine. Because I don't think any type of U.S. intervention would be a good thing. No. Well,
7: what I find really suspicious is you got Republicans and Democrats, which they some of them don't agree on anything, but they all agree on they're on the side of Israel. Yeah, because because if you're
1: not, you're an anti-Semite.
7: And wait, but Bernie is on the side of uh, Palestine.
1: Yeah, but he, and he's a Jew. He can't be but an yeah. anti. Well, <laughs> he can be an. Anti. <laughs> there, there's a whole sect of Judaism that doesn't believe that is they're anti-Zionist and they are treated just as shitty as Palestinians are. Man, they're ultra-conservative yeah. Jews, and they they said that you know the Messiah hasn't come yet, so why are we allowed to have a country? Um, granted, you know, I don't, I don't play into a lot of that religious stuff, but like.
2: I don't know, man. The book of revelations made a comment about, uh, a wave of fire moving into Israel (laughs) on the wings of an Eagle. (laughs) I, I mean, Book of Revelation got a lot of things. Man. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, but the symbolism is there, man.
1: Uh, hmm.
2: Weird is, things uh,
1: happen when you when you eat.
4: Is uh, Netanyahu still being uh, investigated for corruption?
1: I don't sure. know. I don't know, but I mean, I would like Let's to see. point out to everybody that Israel's had four elections in the past two years.
3: Yep. He lost and refused to leave. Lost and refused to leave. Oh, that
7: the- they were outside. That
3: sounds real fucking familiar, don't it?
0: Yeah. Uh-huh.
7: Didn't I they think... protest outside of uh, the building and try to get him out? Like, yeah. but he wouldn't leave and stuff. Yeah, yeah.
4: yeah we kind of had the opposite, anyway. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> oh man. Weird. Witness testimony in his trial began on five April. But uh, it's, he was officially indicted for breach of trust, accepting bribes and fraud. As a result, Netanyahu is legally required to relinquish his ministry portfolios other than prime minister. Netanyahu's trial in the Jerusalem District Court began on 24 May
0: Hmm.
2: 2020. And then witness testimony began 5 April 2021.
1: If we're going to be using biblical references for Netanyahu, I want to point out that he he seems to be more like Herod, or or who's the dude before David?
3: Um, I think, yeah. Saul. I think.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. They're not painted. I don't. I don't know if anyone's read the Bible, but I have. Uh, they're not painted in good light in the Bible. Wait, who Herod and Saul uh, <clears throat> I don't know I, I don't really know how to argue So articulate. there's
2: a story for a story from 4 May uh, saying that Netanyahu failed to form a government before his mandate expired. Um, and it's the third time in the last two year two years that he had the first crack at forming a government and failed to do so. But it says this time his rivals may be able to form a government without him.
4: Wasn't uh, the two parties that were that kind of have equal power now? Or like one is a left, le- left type party, and the other one is a more middle type party. Is that right? Or do you? Say well,
2: that? I mean, I don't know anything about their governmental structure, honestly. I know they're a parliamentary democracy, but. Um, The center left, one more streets, or streets, seats. (laughs) So there's a center left and a far right party, by the sounds of it. Oh, okay. Man.
4: Just uh, him not being able, him not being stripped of his power uh, kind of reminds me of, they tried with the Knox and that prosecutor that should have been stripped with his power beforehand, due to the same pretty much the same things. And that's actually I think that's how she got off as far as, as far as the the, the uh, conviction.
2: Oh man. Why did I have to look and see what was going on in Brazil? Thousands and We were talking about the spread of right-wing politics, and here we go. So, remember how bad a shape that uh, Brazil was in in COVID recently. They almost caught up with us. Anyway. Uh. Do
3: you know what your total population is?
2: No, I don't.
3: So they have got, it says here, 403,000 deaths from COVID.
2: 430,000, I thought it was. Hold on, I can scroll back down. What do I mean, I thought? Right. 403, you were right. We
1: don't know the population. I'm googling it right now. Okay. Two hundred and eleven million in 2019.
7: Oh, they they have a decent population. I mean, it's it's still a million and pl- a million plus behind us, but a hundred million. Sorry. Yeah. Plus behind us, but I didn't think they had that many people.
3: Right, especially considering how much of Brazil is rainforest. And you know, not being dwelled in except in certain areas. You know, they've got huge major cities though.
2: I miss Honduras. You know, there's been no news out of Colombia in two weeks. Really? Yeah. Ever ever since ever since a bunch of people died in fucking protests.
1: Ah, okay, so Uh, that instantly answers my question as to whether that's a good or a bad thing. Did they shut
7: down their internet?
1: I don't don't know.
4: know. Actually, I I think they did. I think they did did shut down internet and and outside outside television.
7: What the fuck? You know, something's majorly wrong when they shut down the internet somewhere.
0: Yeah. yeah,
3: they don't want you showing the rest of the world what's really fucking happening.
7: Yeah, <laughs> right. And uh, that's that's one of the first things that will go here when they issue martial law. That's conspiracy theory. Uh, well, martial law is not conspiracy theory, but yeah, them issuing it is.
4: <laughs> uh, didn't they do the same thing in uh, Myanmar? Uh, they yeah. they, they uh, took the uh, um outside um communications as far as like you no know, television and uh wi-fi and all that stuff
1: they they did the same thing in pakistan or not pakistan uh palestine recently too i mean they they took out an associated press building that had been an associated oh, yeah. Press building for 15 years
4: yeah, they said it was a Hamas or someone.
0: Uh, I think yeah, they Hamas.
1: said it was a Hamas building, but the Associated Press, including Al Jazeera, CNN, Fox, all them, had been operating out of that building for 15 years and never saw any Hamas presence in the building.
4: Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, the head editor of AP was like, uh, no, that never yeah. happened.
1: <laughs> yep. He uh, he said in an interview, he was like, I can't speculate as to why the Israeli government would bomb a AP office building that had been an AP office building for 15 years. But I can tell you that it's going to be harder to get news out of, out of Gaza now.
3: Yeah. They also mistakenly thought the building was empty. Yeah. There was a, one of the reporters still in the building when they bombed it.
2: Wow. Mm-hmm yeah i mean they didn't they did give a warning they gave an evacuation order but they didn't give a hell of a lot of time now think was like an hour or something like
1: that yeah not um, enough time to save any equipment or uh archives or records or I think, enough time to mean,
3: get everybody
4: I think it was 30 minutes i think i think of the, the, the actual number
2: the world we're living in today, people. So you guys wanna hear some good news? We've been keeping a bit of an eye anyway on the vaccine situation in Cuba because they developed their own. Mm -hmm. Um, They Ah. began mass vaccinations three days ago, according to Yahoo News. Hmm. Um, So, I mean, basically from this point on, people just go to their community doctor office And they just get the vaccine. No charge. Uh, The studies are still going on. So, um, you know, like, just like it is here, though. I mean, they're kind of doing the clinical trials as they roll it out, for good reason. We've seen how many people we've already lost to this. Um, So they're doing the same thing we are, you know, kind of rushing it, I guess, is the best way to put it. I don't... That being said, the COVID vaccine wasn't that rushed. They were already doing research into a an mRNA vaccine for a broad spectrum coronavirus vaccine. So it's not like they just pulled it out of their ass in six months. I just wanted to make you know, that.
3: They, they literally just had to alter it to fit this viral, you know, DNA specifically to produce the antibodies.
2: Yep. Um, they, they specifically targeted the spike protein, which is the, the protein that actually initially attacks your cells. Yep. Well, and
3: If that antigen finds an antibody instead of a portal to enter the cell, it's done for.
2: Yep. And now if you've gotten both vaccines, your, your body should be producing those antibodies. Producing those antibodies. And exactly.
4: patients are going to be treating it like it's a
2: flu. So once a year, they would want you to get a booster shot. Um, given the given the rates that it that it spreads, it should be easier to do this with the coronavirus than the flu. So the seasonal boosters should actually be a hell of a lot more effective than our typical flu shot.
4: Oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just saying method of uh, uh, putting it out
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus on the upside, on the upside, I hear the 5G reception is great. Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Become the cell tower.
1: Become the cell tower. One of us.
0: (laughs) And then we're all going to get
1: Elon's uh, Neuralink.
3: We'll never need to use our mouths again. Yeah. Just think it. Oh, God.
1: Hack into other people's neural links and just play Rick Astley videos.
4: For some reason, I'm seeing them this in
2: Holy shit! It sounds like they're going to be like two thirds vaccinated in a month.
3: Oh damn, that's quick.
2: And they're doing three doses, <laughs> fourteen day intervals. Um. And obviously, they they started working in uh, seven Havana districts hardest hit by COVID. Um, so ultimately, Havana is going to be the slowest thing um, because there's there's what one point seven million people in Havana but they they should be fully vaccinated by august is their their the late end June to August hmm. damn yeah that's that's impressive they say they they should be covering all three doses seventy percent of the adult population by the end of August, and yeah. they just and they just rolled it out on the seventh of May, yeah that's what we call non capitalism, yeah. Actually, I'm really, really interested to see what happens with Cuba moving forward. Um, they, they seem to be implementing some democratic reforms. Um, I don't really think there's a far right in Cuba anymore. Castro let them all go. So that way, one day they could institute democracy and they don't have a counter revolution waiting in tow. But. Uh, is it
4: Cuba or is it Venezuela that ha- no, it's Cuba that, that has a non-Castro uh, as president, right?
2: Yeah. Well, now now it's president and general secretary. Yeah. Raul Castro doesn't hold any power in Cuba anymore at all.
4: Right. And uh, last, my checked, uh, the new president is more of a uh, middle of the road kind of kind of guy.
2: Seems it like it. I mean, he's still a, a member of the Communist Party. So when we say center of the road, we're still talking a hell of a lot farther left than we are here in the oh, US.
4: Yeah, no, yeah, no, but, no, yeah. Uh, yeah I, th- I think they're, uh, I, think, I think they've been inviting more big big corporate uh, companies in to do more business
2: with as of late. They've been trying to, I, I don't know if market reforms is the way to word it but they have been allowing private industry back in. That being said, it seems like they've been trying to make the private industry mostly mom and pop shops. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting because like, that should have been, that should have been their approach to begin with, in my opinion, but I'm not a Cuban. I don't know their situation. I, I can't speak on that. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, they're. Say what you will about Castro's rule. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. And he let people that didn't want to be there leave. Yeah. He didn't go in in and kill them like we do in the United fucking States. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, their literacy rate is better than ours. And we make it sound like they're the backwards nation, you know? Like, they... they pumped out a vaccine what six months later than us, and they're going to vaccinate faster. They're going to they're going to be at herd immunity before we are.
4: Well, I think that like what, what, what you talking about MMT is kind of showing that we are, we already are backwards as far as economics go, right? So that shows that policy we're also back we're also backwards,
3: right? Because things like medical care shouldn't be profited off of. It's one thing to have an even exchange of energy for that person's labor and time and skills and the education they had to go through to like, say be a doctor or a nurse, etc. Mm-hmm. But when there are bureaucratic assholes running the show who are pocketing fuck tons of money, not just a normal salary for the work they're doing. You know, yeah. We have a problem. We have a massive yeah. problem. Like people have become millionaires, if not billionaires, mm-hmm. Because of the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah,
4: yeah. they turn, they turn everything into a commodity. That's that's right right for the market picking as far as that part goes. Healthcare, mm-hmm. education, you name it, they turn into a, a product to buy now, not something to experience.
7: You got, you got our politicians too gambling on that shit too as well. You know what I mean? They own stocks and all that, yeah, all the companies true. and everything and. Just uh I mean uh, I believe that nobody at no no matter what seat you hold if you're a politician, you shouldn't have or you shouldn't be allowed to have any stocks in anything. Yeah. So, that would be called insider trading. Yeah.
3: Well, especially with the shit that uh Marjorie Taylor Green was doing too. Um perhaps she's moving. She and her husband have a lot of money invested in the stock market, and she was literally in the fucking committee <laughs> that's supposed to regulate the stock market.
4: Yeah, she, uh, she was one of the ones that, uh, that got the uh, insides group as far as the, uh, the vaccines and all that and decided to uh, trade in from uh, hospital stocks or healthcare stocks into the vaccine uh, distribution companies that were doing that—that that yep. is, is—that is illegal because that's yeah, that's insider trading.
3: That um, bitch should have been kicked the fuck out at that very moment. Of, like you just exploited your position for your own personal profit. Like get the fuck out. I mean, there's so many reasons to kick her out. She's a bigoted bitch. Yeah. She's hateful.
4: But, but it's like how many people in, uh, in the same party are are. Built it in the same time. That case there would be no
7: see. I mean she definitely does that. So
4: um, yeah, she, she wrote the uh the Medicare Part D uh policy. which made it illegal for for uh, the government to uh negotiate down prices.
7: And I forget who her husband works for, but I'm pretty sure it work. he works for some kind of large. Firm or for Wall Street itself? It's a huge
3: corporate entity. He is, they are part owner of the New York Stock Exchange itself.
7: Yeah, see, so that should,
3: that
2: right there should disqualify her for being uh, any. <laughs> oh, I'm, um, so, I'm sorry for <laughs> just like laughing like that, but like, I, okay, so I was reading like headlines for Cuban news articles, right? And it was talking about how like their tourism industry is like opening back up as long as you're vaccinated, right? So I was trying to find out how much it would be to get a flight to Cuba, (laughs) right? And uh, I got this pop-up here for regulatory reasons, we are unable to display results for this search. I forgot that Trump brought back sanctions with Cuba. Yeah. You
3: can't even search for a motherfucking ticket? No. That's bullshit. Wow. Isn't it? What the hell? <laughs> Man. But they, the using they, search they, engine go
2: straight to, like, you know, one of the airlines. Uh, you Well, what if I were to fly to Cancun and then fly from Cancun to fucking Cuba?
3: There
1: you go. Wait, so does that mean we're not allowed to have the good cigars anymore?
2: Again? What a fucking bastard. It was last updated April 13th, 2021, which was Ah. the the changes that Trump made on his way out. Also,
3: if you're going to go to Cuba... I highly recommend you actually just fly to Key West. It's closer.
0: I mean, take a boat. Take
3: a boat. It's beautiful. The water's fucking turquoise. It's gorgeous. You'll see dolphins.
1: You'll see dolphins.
3: Yeah, it's great.
1: Maybe pirates.
3: Uh, uh, not really so much. Not even people like cosplaying pirates. Probably that. Oh. I mean, especially during Fantasy Fest. I wouldn't
1: be surprised. I mean, we have a whole section of the population that cosplays as Confederates every year. So. Oh God!
3: No, thankfully, I haven't seen any of those done. Yet. At least not. Oh any. man! <laughs> <laughs> they might be that on the inside. You never know. Some of them act like it, but for the most part,
1: you know what really boggles good my people. mind. You know what really boggles my mind? Did you say
2: bottles? I'm sorry. Boggles. I had to. I had to. What movie is that? I don't know. I want to say it's like Step Brothers or Ricky Bobby or something. Something.
3: Anyways, what what boggles your mind? Not you yeah. bottles.
0: Okay,
2: bottle. so so an
1: actual quote from history, an actual quote from Abraham Lincoln. Um when it looked like the union was going to fall apart. And I quote, Thank God for Michigan. Okay? Okay? We have people in Michigan that cosplay as fucking Confederates. They run around with their little little loser flags,
2: hanging out the back, their Mm -hmm. cars. I saw a Fuck Black Lives Matter flag next to a Trump flag on the back of a truck the other day. That just reminded me. At least
3: they're announcing trashing this vehicle right here
2: uh, um, yeah yeah
3: yeah, like
7: yeah racist right, right here <laughs>
3: right all right you and i not gonna get along with like i bet you could
2: not drive that vehicle through like northeast detroit <laughs> <laughs> no
7: <laughs> i i think i told you guys but my neighbor across the street he has a. A socialist flag. It has the sickle and the uh, hammer. Yeah. But it, it fuck socialism on it. Oh. Oh, that's cute. I, I saw it. And because you can't see the fuck socialism unless you stop and like, look, it only looks like a, you know, hammer and sickle flag.
1: My neighbor finally took down his, uh, his giant, um, his giant Trump 2020 flag I I think it might just be coincidence, coincidence, but it was about a week after I walked past, waved at him, and said that I liked his uh, pride flag. Oh,
5: God.
2: I mean, yeah, a white pride flag. (laughs) I didn't specify.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man.
0: Uh, Good job, (laughs)
7: Don, fucking embarrassing the shit out of that (laughs) dude.
4: The truck with the uh, the, uh, the the Black Lives Matter and the uh, and the one kind of like oh, that of my mind as far as that part goes. I think Rob, uh, you uh, said it was a um, Black Lives Matter and uh, and uh, Trump twenty twenty or something like that on the on the back of it. No, network.
2: it was a fuck Black Lives Matter and a Trump oh. twenty twenty. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I I didn't hear the fuck part. Stupid.
7: So they're not just a little racist; they're really racist. <laughs>
4: Never mind. My, my, my my mind my mind no longer bonkers, but so,
7: uh, anyway. Oh man, no, I, I made sure I said "fuck you" to that person that across the the road, though. You know, so thank you for that. You're a true American. I love I, you. I, I told Ashley. I said I hope their fucking house burns down and they fucking don't call the fire You know, fire department. Because fuck socialism. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh damn! Get him!
3: Don't put him public school either. That's fucking yeah, right? socialism.
1: Fire department
2: socialism.
0: Yeah. Just oh, okay. Okay. Wow! None of you Mal. even laugh
2: reacted to that fucking Family Guy clip I sent. Oh fuck off! See it. Oh, Goodbye. no, dude, it was funny as fuck. It was, it was Stewie saying that they were reading about Chairman Mayo. Okay, so first of all, they got a cat, right? Okay. Yeah. And then, like, the cat can talk, and Brian found out the cat can talk. So Brian's trying to tell Stewie the cat can talk. And then he's like, yeah, we're sitting here learning about Chairman Mayo. And the cat's like, meow. Yeah. Get it? Get it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, get it. Wow.
4: Like i will definitely right. share that. I like to thank, for, thank you guys for having yeah. me on, but it's getting late. I
2: had to. I had to.
4: Why didn't leave myself? <laughs> All right, get, get on
2: the, out of here. Yeah, I mean, we're we got this uh, the Revolutionary Left Book Club, and then we're gonna be wrapping it up pretty much, unless something happens between now and then, and we somehow find out about it. Yeah uh add uh
4: add uh, the dips and myths to your boat to your book club
2: uh yeah can you like set- actually go ahead and type it in the comments if you can i'll try mm-hmm. but yes i will uh, So we are going to cover chapters 12 and 13 today of quotations from Chairman Mao, also known as the Little Red Book. Um, chapter 12 is political work. And um, I, I just want to clarify, like, if you guys got uh, any anything you can take away from it or anything you want to add to it or a critique of it or whatever... Uh, bring it up. This can be more of a conversation than it's been. Um, anyway, same for same for you guys in the comments. Um, anyway, so the system of party representatives and political departments adopted for the first time in China entirely changed the complexion of these armed forces. The Red Army, which was founded in 1927 and the Eighth Route Army of today, have inherited this system and developed it meaning the imperialists founded the Red Army and the Eighth Route Army, and uh, it was taken over by the People's Liberation Army. The People's Liberation Army has developed its vigorous revolutionary political work, which is an important factor in winning victory over an enemy on the basis of a people's war and the principles of unity between army and people of unity between commanders and fighters, and of disintegrating the enemy troops. This army has built up a system of political work, which is essential for the people's war, and is aimed at promoting unity in its own ranks, unity with the friendly armies and unity with the people, and at disintegrating the enemy forces and ensuring victory in battle. Political work is the lifeblood of all economic work. This is particularly true at a time when the social, and economic system is undergoing fundamental change. Good
4: night.
2: Yeah, have a good night. Thanks for coming on, man. Oh, he put it in the chat, not in the comments. That's okay. Anyway. uh, This is particularly true at a time when the social and economic system is undergoing fundamental change. The party branch is organized on a company basis. This is an important reason why the Red Army has been able to carry on such arduous fighting without falling apart. Um, The political work of the Eighth Route Army is guided by three basic principles. First, the principle of unity between officers and men, which means eradicating feudal practices in the army, prohibiting beating and abuse, building up a conscious discipline, and sharing wheel and woe. I would like to point out that this is, this is from 1937. The eighth route army prohibited beating and abuse. That was, that was common in our own military until fairly recently. Well, I mean, on a grand scale, fairly recently. Um, our troops must observe the correct principles that govern relations between the army and the people, between the army and the government, between the army and the party, between officers and men, and between military work and political, political work, and relations among the cadres must never commit the errors of warlordism. That's kind of fucking important. <laughs> um, officers must cherish their men and must not be indifferent to their well-being or resort to corporal uh, corporal punishment the army must cherish the people and never encroach upon their interests the army must respect the government and the party uh and never assert independence so they're trying to keep that mass line of which the troops are part of we just talked about the mass line in last week's chapter um so they're, they're trying to not only build the mass line to create change, they're trying to keep it. They're trying to defend it from counter-revolution. Um, our policy towards prisoners captured from the Japanese puppet or anti-communist troops is to set them free. Uh, Except for those who who have incurred the bitter hatred of the masses and must receive capital punishment and whose death sentence has been approved by higher authorities among the prisoners, those who were coerced into joining the reactionary forces, but who are more or less inclined towards the revolution should be won over in large numbers to work for our army. The rest should be released, and if they fight us and are captured again, should again be set free. We should not insult them, take away their personal effects, or try to exact recantations from them, but without exception should treat them sincerely and kindly. This should be our policy, however reactionary they may be. It is a very effective way of isolating the camp of reaction. Because remember, the reactionaries are always going to be saying that we're these evil people. Communists are evil, right? No, At their core, no, they're just people. (laughs) Anyway, um, even the reactionaries have human rights is, I guess, what I'm trying to get at. Weapons are, are an important factor in war, but not the decisive factor. It is people, not things, that are decisive. The contest of strength is not only a contest of military and economic power, but also a contest of human power and morale. Military and economic power is necessarily wielded by the people. Uh, The atom bomb is a paper tiger, which the U.S. reactionaries use to scare people. It looks terrible, but in fact isn't. What? Of course, the atom bomb is a weapon of mass slaughter, okay, but the outcome of said war is decided by the people, not by one or two new types of weapons. For a second, I was like, what? Because he says it isn't terrible, but then there was context and I freaked out a little less. (laughs) Point is, is even with the atom bomb, the war was decided by people, not by the bomb. Um, Soldiers are the foundation of an army unless they are imbued with a progressive political spirit and, and unless such a spirit is fostered through progressive political work It will be impossible to achieve genuine unity between officers and men, impossible to arouse their enthusiasm for the war of resistance to the full. Uh, The war of resistance would be referring to the war against the Japanese imperialists. This is May, 1938. Um, And impossible to provide an excellent basis for the most effective use of all of our technical equipment and tactics. Uh, The purely military viewpoint is very highly developed among a number of comrades in the Red Army. It manifests itself as follows. One, these comrades regard military affairs and politics as opposed to each other, and refuse to recognize that military affairs are only one means of accomplishing uh, political tasks. Some even say, if you are good militarily, naturally you are good politically. If you are not good militarily, you cannot be any good politically. This this is to go a step further and give military affairs a leading position over politics. Ideological education is the key link to be grasped in uniting the whole party for great political struggles. Unless this is done, the party cannot accomplish any of its political tasks. Recently, there has been a falling off in ideological and political work among students and intellectuals and some unhealthy tendencies have appeared. Some people seem to think that there is no longer any need to concern oneself with politics or with the future of the motherland and the ideals of mankind. It seems as if Marxism was once all the rage, but is currently not so much in fashion. To counter these tendencies, we must strengthen our ideological and political work. Both students and intellectuals should study hard. In addition to the study of this specialized subject, they should make progress both ideologically and politically which means that they should study Marxism, current events, and politics. Not to have a correct political point of view is like having no soul. All departments and organizations should shoulder their responsibilities and ideological and political work. This applies to the Communist Party, youth league, government departments in charge of this work, uh, this work and educational institutions and teachers. So that's used by reactionaries against Um, Mao's government a lot I would say and well I mean you know they compare the youth league to youth for Hitler but I mean I would say that being taught the framework of Marxism more so doesn't teach them an ideology it teaches them how to view the world instead of teaching them what to think They're being taught how to think, in my opinion. Um, I could see how that could be abused, but I don't think that was ever the intent. I
3: think it should be a part of the core education from start to finish to include philosophy, logic, and ethics. Because those all go hand in hand with each other. Hand in
2: hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another thing, okay, so the next bit brings up the peasantry. And I want to point out that Mao studied Lenin and realized that the the peasantry was kind of isolated out of the Bolshevik Revolution um, and the government that followed it. So um, Mao pointedly Viewed the peasants as the proletariat because they are. They just don't weren't as of yet working under a capitalist framework. They were still working under a feudalist framework.
0: Right.
2: Um. So that's that's one big thing that happened in Russia. It was a difficult. There, there was a there was a gap between the proletariat, meaning the industrial workers in the city, and the the peasant farmers. And that tension never really went away. Uh, Whereas in Mao's case, he specifically reached out to the peasantry. They were included in the redistribution of land and political power. They were included in the revolution instead of like an afterthought like they were in the USSR. Um, But after receiving political education, the Red Army soldiers have all become class class conscious and learn the essentials of distributing land, setting up political power, arming the workers and peasants, and they all know that they are fighting for themselves, for the working class and the peasantry. Hence, they can endure the hardships of the bitter struggle without much complaint. Each company, battalion, or regiment has its soldiers' committee, which represents the interests of the soldiers and carries on political and mass work. Also point this out, that their military is largely focused on mass work. Their military... Which, by the way, still has a drastically smaller budget than ours, Um, you know, carries out work for the people, not just, you know, war. Anyway, um, actually, I'm not sure if they still operate in that sense, but they did before the revolution even won. So, I mean, I know they did after the revolutionary government was established, but I don't know if that's still the case today. Um, The educational policy of the college, uh, the anti-Japanese military and political college, is to cultivate a firm and correct political orientation, an industrious and simple style of work, and flexible strategy and tactics. These are the three essentials in the making of an anti-Japanese revolutionary soldier. Is It is in accordance with these essentials that the staff teach and the student study. Um, so that without context, that sounds racist. But remember that China was under Japanese imperial rule for, what, like a hundred and something years uh, until the end of World War II. Our nation has always had a traditional style of hard struggle, which we should develop. What is more, the Communist Party has always advocated a firm and correct political orientation. This orientation is inseparable from a style of hard struggle. Without a firm and correct political orientation, it is impossible to promote a style of hard struggle. Without the style of hard struggle, it is impossible to maintain a firm and correct political orientation. So basically, they're pointing at intersectionality between political orientation and struggle. One cannot exist without the other. Uh, be united.
3: Enter the ethics needed to handle the situation.
2: Be united, alert, earnest, and lively. That was the motto for the anti Japanese military and political college. So now we're moving into uh, chapter 13 and don i kind of want your 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 thoughts on this chapter specifically um it's dealing with the relation between military officers and their men and um i want to kind of like get a a broad overview of whether it sounds like it's kind of you know operated in the same way or completely different or whatever you get the point our army has always had two policies. First, what we must be.
7: Do you not have the what really accounts in the world is uh, conscientiousness, and on there.
2: What? You missed a part. Oh, I probably did miss a part. Actually, what did I miss? I'm sorry. I just didn't know if they
7: didn't have it on there or if you just missed it.
2: What really counts in the world is uh, conscientiousness and the Communist Party is most particular about being conscientious. I did miss that. Good eye. So now we're moving into Chapter 13. (laughs) Uh, Our army has always had two policies. First, we must be ruthless to our enemies. We must overpower and annihilate them. That's pretty fucking straightforward. Second... We must be kind to our own, to the people, to our comrades, to our superiors and subordinates and unite with them. We hail from all corners of the country and have joined together for a common revolutionary objective. Our cadres must show concern for every soldier and all people in the revolutionary ranks must care for each other, must love, and must help one another. A movement to support the cadres and cherish cherish the soldiers should be launched in every army unit calling on the cadres to cherish the soldiers and the soldiers to support the cadres. They should speak up about each other's shortcomings and mistakes and quickly correct them. In this way, they will be able to achieve a very good internal unity. What do you think about that, Don? Should, are, you, are you encouraged to speak up about shortcomings and mistakes both ways between the uh, cadres and the men? And no. The, exactly. Exactly. No, I didn't think so, because it wasn't like that in training anyway. What kind of bullshit?
1: No, fuck no.
2: So the idea is that um, if the leadership is out of line, then uh, the men should be able to say something about it.
1: In theory, yes. In theory, yes. We have the investigator general that we can go to for any sort of infringement on... Rights or overstepping of bounds, anything like that, but in theory and in practice are two
2: different things that's that's fair, that's fair. And again, I would like to see how much of this still holds true today, because it's probably not a hell of a lot, given China's massive reforms over the last thirty years or whatever anyway. Uh, many people think that it is the wrong method that the wrong methods that make for strained relations between officers and men and between the army and the people. But I always tell them that it is a question of basic attitude or basic principle of having respect for the soldiers and respect for the people. It is from this attitude that the various policies, methods, and forms ensue. If we depart from this attitude, then the policies, methods, and forms certainly will be wrong which, I mean, I, again, I would like to see whether or not these this is still the case today because it had a self-correcting mechanism in it. The question is, did they use it? Anyway, um, and the relations between officers and men and between the army and the people are bound to be unsatisfactory. Our three major principles for the army's political work are first, unity between officers and men. Second, unity between the army and the people, and third, the disintegration of the enemy forces. To apply these principles effectively, we must start with this basic attitude of respect for the soldiers and the people, and out of respect for the human dignity of prisoners of war once they have laid down their arms. Those who take all this as a technical matter and not one of basic attitude are indeed wrong and should correct their view. So they, they brought up again, the human dignity of prisoners. And I think it's important to note that they were basically their, their status on political uh, prisoners of war rather are set them free. And if we capture them again, set them free. Um, there were, there were instances where capital punishment could take place um, But not against their own people Against specific enemies that didn't You know like surrender and go peacefully Um, But if they did go peacefully If they laid down their arms in good faith And allowed themselves to be captured Let them go Um, Anyway Communists must use the democratic method Of persuasion and education When working among the laboring people And must on no account resort to Commandism or coercion the Chinese Communist Party faithfully adheres to this Marxist-Leninist pr- principle. Um, so I do think that there are, there are periods in China's history where that wasn't the case. I, I just want to say that up front. Um, our comrades must understand that ideological remolding involves long-term, patient, and painstaking work and that they must not attempt to change people's ideology, which has been shaped over decades of life, by giving a few lectures or holding a few meetings. Persuasion, not compulsion, is the only way to uh, convince them. Compulsion will never result in convincing them. Trying to convince them by force simply will not work. This kind of method is permissible in dealing with the enemy, but absolutely impermissible in dealing with comrades or friends. In other words, you can have differing views and still get along. Just saying. We must make a distinction between the enemy and ourselves, and we must not adopt an antagonistic stand towards comrades and treat them as we would the enemy. In speaking up, one must have an ardent desire to protect the cause of the people and raise their own political consciousness, and must uh, there must be no ridiculing or attacking in one's approach. So, like, for the relation between troops and their men there must be no ridiculing or attacking in one's approach that's pretty significant and again I would like to see if the if those uh, principles are still adhered to today
1: if they are I'd like to see how that actually works because curiosity you know
2: yeah well I mean I especially like having gone through basic training like that's our entire approach to leadership.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's more to
2: it than that. There's more to basic it than training,
1: that. Basic training is a hyper. Yes,
2: I do. That. That's why I was saying. Well, right. But that being said, from what I've seen from other people anyway, not firsthand, is that that kind of mentality sticks. Like, it kind of like it's not that bad. Obviously I would fucking hope not. No, no, I mean, you're
1: you're not getting screamed at and given orders that make absolutely no sense most of the time. Uh, (laughs) Austin didn't even laugh at that one. I'm hoping he's all right. You all right, buddy? I love you. He's smiling.
2: Yeah, there we go. Um, So that's all today. But if if there's anything that anybody took away from that... um, just yeah,
1: curiosity, man. I mean, he hit the nail on the head as far as how leadership should be. I mean, I would have gone more in depth on a, a couple of things and talked about some things maybe a little differently. The the right ideas are there. It's just the way it was worded for me specifically. I think yeah. it's worded in a way that's easier for people to
2: understand now. That's that's fair. That's fair. But also remember that this is translated. Yeah, It probably came out a lot easier in Chinese. And uh, with that being said, this is literally a a collection of quotations. So there's not a lot of context to these things. Um, Whereas like his other works, honestly, like I think that, uh, okay. So like just in chapter uh, 13, there are excerpts from a speech given at the central committee of the party Um, The book Serve the People from 1944, The Tasks for 1945 from 1944, um, On Protracted War from 1938, On the Correct Handling of Contradictions Among the People from 1957, uh, Speech at the Chinese Communist Party's National uh, Conference on Propaganda Work, 1957, and IBID? I I don't know what IBID is never heard of it but yeah i mean the point is is like they're taking you know four or five books and kind of putting them into a guide for a revolutionary it was the goal of the book so they don't go as in depth as they should on some things but they also the goal is to get people to read these other books or read other people writing about these these topics um but now we have the internet and that's the thing i I feel like you know we kind of got to modernize just my thoughts. Whatever happened to that guy that kept saying he wanted to come on and talk about his his theory for revolution? i have he might be in the comments.
1: That. He might be in the comments. I don't quite remember what his name is. to Be honest with you. You in the comments?
2: Joseph Stalin. But I mean, I am interested in hearing other people's theories on revolution, but here's what I do have to say. We can't just like institute the United Socialist States of America. That's not how this is going (laughs) to work. Why the fuck not? Because that's (laughs) a... uh,
3: John's
1: translation of Chinese would not be better than Google's. I, I don't speak Chinese. I speak a little bit of Japanese, but only as far as, like, Kendo goes.
2: Indeed. Uh, so the next uh, next week's chapters, I should say, are going to be 14 <clears> and 15. <throat> That's relations between the army and the people mm. is chapter 14. Um, and 15 is democracy in the three main fields. 14 is really short and to the point. 15 is a couple of pages. That, uh, well... Four pages, it's not too bad. Um, Yeah, so that'll be uh, next Monday. I just, uh, I think that James really wants you to uh, do our Patreon uh, commercial, if you will, because he brought it up earlier, and I meant to bring it up, and I forgot, but I looked down at my phone, and I saw James saying, Elon, buddy, seriously, buddy.
1: Okay, it's, it's the time of the night where I gotta eat the mic a little bit. Elon, baby, listen. It's been costing me money to keep your stocks in my portfolio. I've been, I've been losing money on Doge. Listen, man. The tapes, the final records, the letters, the videos... It'll all stop. I mean, unless Grimes asked me to keep sending them, then I might keep sending them, but the pictures will continue. All you have to do is donate. If you go on our Patreon page, you will see down at the bottom, there is a there's a specific lo- one for you and old Jeffy boy. Dedicated. Dedicated. You don't even have to do it all the time. $500,000 for you would be like a drop in the bucket. Listen, baby. I just need this money, okay? You've cost me enough already. Pull your weight.
2: (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. No, for real, though, uh, if you like what we're doing or if you like any of the things that we're branching out to do, uh, go to patreon.com slash for we are many and, you know, give us a... uh, subscription
1: i want to know who just mad reacted that come on now
2: (laughs) oh wow there's a care react though
1: yeah i saw that i'm happy it's okay there was only one mad react it was probably emily although i feel like it would have popped up as emily because we're friends
2: natalie said elon best you listen to don (laughs) listen
1: man I have plans. With all this money, what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy a jetpack that works, or like an a Iron Man suit, and I'm going to float through the air like some sort of Christ, right? And I'm going to land in the Holy Land, and I'm gonna tell everybody, shut the fuck up. And then I'm going to fly away, and I'm going to go to China, and I'm going to tell everybody, shut the fuck up. And they'll be like, who are you? And I'll be like, I'm, I'm Wan T, the Yellow Emperor. And then I'll fly away right? And then I'll go to Scandinavia and I'll be like, hey, uh, countries that think they own Lapland, get the fuck out. It's land," and I'll fly away.
2: Indeed. Hey, so I I just want to throw something out here. Tomorrow, uh, well, I mean, I guess it depends on what I'm doing tomorrow, but I have tomorrow off instead of Thursday. So if we want to do... A show on something else, I can probably put it together tonight and we can do it tomorrow. So, if you guys have any ideas, I'm down to hear them. If anybody in the comments has any ideas, I'm down to hear them. We can put out a bonus show this week, I'm down for it. That being said, I will not be able to make it this Thursday. I don't know if you guys will be able to do it or not. Um,
1: yeah, but yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens, man. No promises, sometimes technical difficulties
2: oh yeah oh yeah i know i know but uh yeah i'd like to do something tomorrow i don't necessarily know what for sure but um yeah i'd like to build content i mean for that matter we don't have to go live tomorrow it can be a pre-recorded thing Actually, maybe we should pre-record tomorrow and then release it at our usual time on Thursday so it doesn't mess anybody up.
3: That's a good idea.
2: Anyway, uh, we have reached the end of the stream. Um,
1: Yeah. Um. Um, 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 I had something for the end of this, uh, stay tuned for the deep state with Don Hughes. Like I said, it's going to be the daily show for Antifa sluts.
3: (laughs) Bring your, Acid for putting in your pussy and, you know, we'll have some
1: fun. Yeah, we don't provide that. We're kind of broke right now. The party doesn't have much funding. We spent a lot of money on oh on God. turning the frogs in Texas games. Did you
2: just say the party? Are we, a, are we a party now?
1: I mean, we're the deep state. Oh. We're the uh, the secret leftist cabal that runs everything.
2: No, I, I'm really excited to uh start these these branching outs. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love the current event stream, but I don't like it when that's all we can do.
1: Yeah, yeah. My and honestly, like the serious stuff is important. It's important we talk about it, but I really, really enjoy getting to make people laugh. I was explaining it to Jagger today. I was, said, you know, If you can take serious situations and find something to laugh about in them, then it's not, not as big of an obstacle anymore. It's not undefeatable. I like that. I'm excited to get to do some comedy. I think I'm a pretty fucking funny guy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And if anybody's got any complaints, I've got a complaints department. It's really just that-, that um... A
2: mouse trap with
1: a button glued to it? No, it's the- it's the grenade <laughs> that was everywhere in the 90s. Uh, ah. Yeah, well, it had yeah. to be one of the two. Of course. There's a jackalope mounted right over it. <laughs> I'll get to you when I get to you.
2: Oh, man. All right, have a good night, everybody.
3: Good night, man. It's my brain retrieving the right memory of-
0: Bosses up to me, never catch me!